Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. And Av, you record a podcast with me every week, and I don't like what that says about you. It's indicative of a moral compass gone askew. I'm Av Sinensky, and I'd like to thank the Academy. Don't allow babies on planes. Good night. <laughs> and I'm Chappelle, and I agree. It's not okay to drop the booty and not pick it up. <laughs> Chappelle, you're fucked. You got to find a cow. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is wild. <laughs> welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good and fuck you. That's a good name for a podcast. Uh, we are here today to discuss season 11, episode four, The Watermelon, which originally aired a couple of days ago, November 14th, 2021. Uh, and this episode of this episode uh, went to some places and took some swings. And so we decided we wanted to go some places with our, our friend Chappelle, who's back. Is this our is this is our second two time guest. Is that correct, Av? Um, let's see. I think that's right. Just Chris, Chris Williams. Chris Williams. Crazy Eyes Killer. And Ash Chappelle. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> so welcome yeah, back. Think... <laughs> I'm the last time that. you pulled a, a mid-podcast surprise pop-in. Yeah. Now, that was fun. That was the first time anybody's ever just, like, messaged me in the middle of the night and be like, hey, come on the podcast right this second. I was like, okay. You know, so this worked for me. And then this time I had more notice. And uh, mm. when I saw what the description of the episode was, I knew I had to come. So, yeah. yeah thank you for the, for inviting me. <laughs> Yeah, um, we've gotten we've gotten more professional since those days. We uh, we invite guests ahead of time rather hmm. than mid podcast, which more? You know, okay. doesn't always work out. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think we uh, kicked it up a notch. Can I ask, uh, as a man who knows uh, some Yiddish, what is your take on? I don't know if you've seen this, like the sort of the, the tagline for this season of Curb is the plots thickens. Uh huh. Yes, I did notice that on HBO. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Like plots is a verb, not a noun. It means like like to pass out or faint or whatever. It's like, if anything, they should, it should be like the putts thickens, which, you know, then you would expect like heavy Larry or something like we saw that one season of always. Sunny yeah, I mean, it's it's possible there's multiple usages of it. Yeah, I like I, I understand the way you you are to be like to like go crazy to yeah. like be so frustrated to plots about something. Yeah, Um, but it's possible there's like some more like a noun usage or it's just like whatever that general feeling. It's a funny Yiddish word. Yeah, it, it also it sounds could, like plot. The, yeah, I think it could also double as the like the tagline for the season of succession. No, just like I mean, you know, the plot parts, you know, is, uh, you know, particular, but I think it's the same idea. Yeah. No spoilers for succession, because I don't think people are coming on this podcast expecting to hear those. <laughs> Chappelle, talk to us about, uh, you know, when you last joined us, you were you were sort of fairly new and, and inexperienced as a curb watcher. Where are you now as we're in season 11? Same spot. I've seen two episodes now. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I think I watched some. I hope one I of them was the watermelon. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely uh, the watermelon. And the other one was the N-word, I believe. Oh, okay. uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I I felt like, yeah, this is I feel comfortable coming to talk about this because uh, when I watched the episode, I just was dying laughing. I thought that was so silly. Uh, this show is ridiculous. I'm oh, glad y'all told me to watch it. That's an amazing two episodes to have seen because you must have a very different perspective of what this show is. I'm like this show is tackling racial issues in America more than any other television show. Yep. Tackling is a word that I would use. <laughs> it's yeah. like running it's, smack into them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's definitely true. Um, I, I will say this is an episode, um, and I'll say this, uh, Av. I think you've how many times have you seen the episode? Uh, twice. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is an episode, and I'd urge uh, viewers who have don't necessarily always do a rewatch. Um, everyone uh, who hasn't yet watched it twice, especially I'd say if you didn't like it on the first watch, I would urge a rewatch because, like, more than any other episode of the show, in fact, more than any episode of any show, like in recent memory for me, like. I came to like very dramatically different conclusions on a whole host of issues in watch number one versus watch number two. And the way I always do it for the podcast is I do watch one. I take notes. Then, then a day later, two days later, I do watch two. I take notes again. And then I meld those two notes together. But usually it's like one seamless list of notes. I think today, tonight, I'm going to point out like where, oh, this was a note from watch one versus this was a note for watch two, because like I had very different reactions to this show. All right. And I still don't even know which direction you're coming from. So that's yeah. fascinating. I don't right. know if you if you worsened on it or improved. on it. I'm going to guess that you liked it more on the second watch. Um, but I don't think that's obvious, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm keeping on tenor hooks. OK, I guess we'll see. We'll have to yep. search for the clues. <laughs> um, all right. So anything else we want to uh, catch up on? No, well, we got we got I 40 know. minutes of curb. Uh, unless unless Chappelle, you have something, but I want to dive right in. Yeah, well, no, I do have something. So I thought, like, this is a very funny episode as, as a Black person who has strong opinions about some of the things that came up. But I, I talked to Josh Wiggler for, like, two seconds, and he said, you know, as a Jewish fellow, I didn't love this. And so I definitely want to hear your opinion about this because uh, Josh seemed like he was uncomfortable at points. And, I mean, for obvious reasons, but I want to know if, if, if the, some of the comedy uh, always landed uh, with you two, um, as it seemingly did not always land with Josh. Yeah, I mean, you have a Klansman featured very prominently in this episode. Yeah. So uh-huh. <laughs> I think people's, rea- you know, my it also depends. And, you know, and I'm not saying Josh is like that because he's not usually at all. But like my mother in law is a person who is like oh, one of these people who's like always suspecting everybody of being like bigoted. And like she's very sensitive to anti-Semitism. And when and like so she hates Larry David because she thinks everything he does is like anti-Semitic or whatever. And when he was on SNL and he did in his opening stand up set. He did a bit about trying to pick up girls in the concentration camps. <laughs> like to me, that's very funny. But I understand if you don't feel that way. And my mother-in-law was like livid that that was on TV. She's like, NBC is a racist anti-Semitic. I'm like, hold your horses here. Like, all right, it might not be for you. But um, okay. but yeah, so it, it, it certainly is not for everyone. That's definitely true. <laughs> yeah. OK, your mileage may, may vary. I yeah. Guess. Uh, <laughs> Including yeah. on viewing one versus viewing two for me. But um, yeah, so okay. apparently um. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think I definitely also changed my opinion a little bit between the two watches. So that'll be interesting. I don't think quite as dramatic as you're describing, but um, yeah. Mm. Uh, why don't we just dive into it? Let's uh, dive into it. Yeah. I don't think we need to belabor the point. So yeah, season 11, episode four, The Watermelon. Mm. 
And we start out in Jeff's living room and Larry and Jeff are sitting and they're like holding a laptop and they're watching Woody Harrelson giving a speech at what seems like the Oscars. He seems to have won an Oscar or Emmy. I think it was the Oscars. Yeah, they say the Oscars. Yeah. Um, And, you know, rather than talking about anything in the movie, he goes on a whole rant about how, you know, we need to advocate and achieve interspecies equality, Um, you know, bashing the people who go and pillage and ransack nature using machines to impregnate cows and callously snatching away its babies. And Larry and Jeff were just like, all right, enough with this guy. This is yeah. ridiculous. Like, why do these idiot celebrities have to always do this? Like, you didn't win a Nobel Prize. It's the Oscars. Um, you know, like, look, even Woody Harrelson's doing this shit now. And like Larry says, you know, as I said at the beginning, you know, if I was get the Oscars, would be thank you. Don't allow babies on airplanes. Good night. A pop quiz. Uh, Chappelle or Op, can either one of you name uh, films for which um, Woody Harrelson was nominated for an Oscar? What? <laughs> yeah, I was he, gonna ask if he has Woody three Os- was nominated for an Oscar. He has three <laughs> Academy Award nominations: one for Best Actor, two for Best Supporting Actor. I did not know that. Is one of yeah. them the People versus Larry Flint? So Got that's his right? Best Actor nom. Yep, gotta okay. be. So wait, wait. So he's never won one. To be clear, right? <laughs> yes, he he is not an Oscar winner yet. But you know, Curb okay. Curb is in these. So we've discussed this also, um, uh, uh, Chappelle, on previous episodes, based on sort of how they talk about um, COVID in the first episode and a half, or reference it. We're assuming this is in the slight future. So this is like 2023, 2024, maybe. Gotcha. So, so Woody, Woody has only- finally fourth time's a charm for him. Okay. Yeah. But as someone who's only seen a couple episodes, I, I have trouble knowing who is famous in this world and who's yes. just a random yeah. person, it's an actor confusing. playing a rando. Yeah. So I was like, Woody Harrelson famous. And then I was like, but uh, Vince Vaughn, not famous. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can be gotcha. all funny. But the people who are playing themselves are playing like, how famous they are in real life all of them except for one that being larry david because in this world larry david has not created curb he did create seinfeld right. but he was only you know behind the camera um gotcha. all right so do you, can either one of you guess the two movies for which he was had got best supporting actor nominations i i mean no i mean it can't be white man can't jump because there's no way that won an oscar and he would, he would he wouldn't have been supporting actor you're right that's true uh, so you it, think it, he's it, you think he was more than snipes yes yeah, he's uh, the main character. Probably. I think if that is Wesley so. Snipes' movie, but I haven't seen it in a okay. while. So right. I could be wrong. It's been a while. Uh, maybe, yeah. and it's definitely not the cowboy way. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell. Woody All right, Harrelson's so what, 2009 and 2017, if that gives a hint. Mm. All yeah, right, it's, it's, no 2009 idea. is The Messenger. I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, nope. you said 2017, The Three Billboards. Movie. Yes, exactly. And that's yeah. the other that's one. That's the last oh, thing I've seen him in. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. He was like the cop, right? Yeah, I was surprised he was nominated. I don't remember that. This is the last movie I've seen him in. Honestly, I didn't know. Uh, yeah. I think, has he been in anything since that then? movie was polarizing? Yes. <laughs> well, he was in True Detective. Was that after that or before that? I, I don't think that's a movie, though. Yeah, that's a show. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, think, all right. I think that might have been his last big movie role. So I guess he Maybe. did it on I know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Edit, so, so you don't think he's coming back to win that Oscar? He's, he's not going to play Uncle Mo. He's not going to get an Emmy for that. We discovered you're, assu- you're assuming that he won the Oscar for acting in this, right? Like maybe he won for cinematography oh. or something. We don't know. Photography. Interesting. OK, maybe he went, into a different, he went into a different uh, he's, field. He's a real Renaissance man for, yeah, for comedy. Well, maybe, maybe, he docu- maybe he made a documentary about milking cows, although then I guess his rant would have been more appropriate. Mm, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> um, well, let's get back to Curb. Yeah, yeah, Woody's going on about the milk being used for cream in the lattes. 
And that's when finally they uh, they just slam it shot. Uh, yeah. But he's like, you know, but he would be great to play the role of Uncle Mo, you know, yeah. certainly better than uh, Ted Danson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, um, Chappelle, you're uh, you're probably not aware of the uh, the young Larry storyline here is uh, Larry is shopping a uh, show to streaming services. He went first to Netflix. Now he's currently in uh, talks with Hulu to uh uh, pitched them this show of like a young version of himself living on the Upper West Side with his uncle, who he's secretly trying to kill so that he can get his money. So that's okay. uh, that's young Larry here. That's like this the main storyline what we got here. Yeah. So uh, he, he wants Woody to play his uncle. So he wants Woody to play his uncle Mo, who he's going to be living with and trying to kill so he can get his money. Um, so you know, as they're doing that, Susie comes in and she's uh, showing off to Larry this like amazing tapestry that she's been working on. Um, you know, she's making it for the Temple's football team, which <laughs> apparently uh, is you know not be having a great run. They just went up against this defense that sacked the rabbi. Wait, wait, Av, you're mixing up what Susie says and Jeff's joke about it. Okay, so then you, yeah. you explain it to me. She, she's making the, in Hebrew, it's called the parochet, the curtain that goes in front of the ark in the synagogue. Oh, is that what it was? I wasn't even yeah. looking closely at it. Yeah, and yeah, the temple doesn't have a football team. The rabbi's not playing football. That's a joke. He's a 70-year-old man. We see him golfing. <laughs> Yeah, I got to explain some things to both of you. No, she made she made. Yeah. So in the front of the synagogue is the ark where the Torahs are kept. And in front of that is like a is like a crocheted or so. Oh, I totally fabric, usually like I didn't think it was like a real football team. I thought they were just like but if you, you know, look at this, but, uh, but that's what it is. Yeah, it's like, I yeah. didn't pay attention to the thing at all. Yeah, you're right. Now, it is weird because, yeah, he, they call it a tapestry. And then later, Larry calls it a banner. Actually, <laughs> But yeah, they're not as we've discussed previously, when we had an, uh, in our in our meeting actor on the show who plays a Palestinian woman on the show, she told us when they were filming the show that she knew more about Judaism than any of the Jews in the room. So. Um, the the woman who plays Shara in the Palestinian chicken episode, who's Armenian in real life, uh, was correcting the Hebrew um, in that episode because Larry and Jeff and all the Jews on the show did not know it as well as she did. So these Jews are not experts at, uh, on Jewish uh, traditions, let's say. But yeah, so yeah. she's oh, making yeah. well, she, what she's making is a curtain that goes in the front of the synagogue. But yeah, Jeff makes a joke about how it's for a football team because. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how I um, didn't yeah, catch right. that. Well, uh, based on what I'm seeing, it doesn't look like Larry is very religious anyway. So that correct. would be shocked because yeah. <laughs> in this episode, it's like it looks like he'd rather die than to go to uh, the temple. So, yes, know, that, that is that true. Too. Yeah, but, but can we talk about uh, and uh, maybe you didn't notice it because you didn't know what it was. But like, I thought the the tapestry, the the art the art cover was actually really good. Like, it was shocking how good it was. Compared to like the awful shit that Susie usually makes and wears, including what she's wearing in this very scene, by the way, which I don't know what the hell she's wearing, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> Did you think it was good or you didn't look that carefully? I didn't look that carefully. Right, well, Chappelle, just, were I... you impressed with her uh, skills? Well, I saw like, I was like, oh, she made like a blanket with like a tree and some flowers yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, but, well, right. yeah I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, you know, it wasn't, I can do it. I guess I should say. <laughs> yes, I certainly not. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, yeah, so what she was wearing is a different conversation. Oh, no, yeah. Like, just, oh, my God. Like, is it like a, like a yellow zebra? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like a design on the design. Yeah. It looked like it was, it was a clip art. I don't know what's going with on. With like leopard pants. She was doing yeah. a lot of stuff. Is this, so is this her thing? Like, she's like a crazy, uh, crazy outfit woman. Yeah. But, yes. but, but that's why I'm so surprised that I thought that the um, that the art cover was actually objectively Pretty nice looking. Yeah. Yeah. How many pretties out of five? Uh, I will give it four pretties. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Uh, Arakodesh Barochet, as we say. Four pretties is pretty good. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so yeah, so they go on to like praising this rabbi, how amazing he is. You know, Larry would love him. Larry doubts that, you know, he's still a rabbi. Um, and, you know, how he's all so spiritual and like Larry, like, you know, starts like mimicking Susie and like, you know, staying along with her about, oh, being spiritual. Uh, very much less similar to like the uh, the table scene the other week with like Jeff and, La- uh, Jeff and Larry doing the like the chanting of the I see you, you know, I think that was last week. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so she goes on to say how, you know, he's a big golfer, but he can't afford to belong to one of these country clubs. So, like, maybe you guys can take him and, you know, they really don't want to. But, like, finally, when uh, we get to the point that um, Larry insists, like, okay, like, you are doing me a favor and then you will owe me a favor. Finally, he's like, okay, fine, we can do this. And they'll go, they'll, uh, they'll go golfing with the rabbi. Yeah. No, why is it such a big favor to Susie? For Jeff and Larry to golf with the rabbit. Like, why does she care? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she's just yeah. trying to she's trying to pimp this rabbi out. To she's me. already making the uh the, the you know the the tapestry. Right. Yeah. yeah. She's kissing ass. You know, she's trying to like get them in good with the with the cool kids. She's like, he's a hip rabbi, take him out, and all <laughs> yeah. this stuff. I find that people do like to be like the right hand man to whoever is the religious figure at their church a lot of times. I don't ever understand that because I don't want the pastor to talk to me ever. Yeah, but right. um, yeah, she's trying to be getting his good graces. I just don't know why. He seems like a nice enough guy. I don't know if I use the word hip to describe, him, but anyway. That's what she called him. So yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he, a, he's a good putter. Yeah, he didn't seem that exciting from the little bit we saw of him. <laughs> yeah. <Not that> hip. <laughs> He gives a pretty, you know, banal, you know, high holiday speech. He's not like up there, like, you know, changing minds. He's like, oh, hating is bad. Don't yeah. hate. Let's <laughs> Judaism says that, too. Like, OK, <laughs> yeah, we all know that. Um, but yeah, we'll get there. Um, OK, so let's head to the golf course. Um, yeah. Now, Freddie we- Funkhauser is here also. Is he also doing a favor or he's just hanging out? <laughs> right. Yeah. So he really is just Funkhauser. Like yeah. they're just using him as Funkhauser. Like but, he's just but- sliding in. But this is a different rabbi than Marty's old rabbi, right? Who ate the Palestinian chicken. Uh huh. Um, unless maybe, maybe Marty got kicked out of that synagogue for that reason, and so Freddie, his uh, his ne- Freddie's his nephew, right? Vince Vaughn is, is Marty's nephew. It's not clear. It's, oh. There's there's different theories oh, um, of the exact relationship. It's like either know. nephew or half brother or uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like it's really. And Chappelle, just for context here, so so Super Dave Osborne uh, w- w- was this guy who played Marty Funkhauser, one of Larry's longtime friends. And he got sick when they were filming the previous season. And so Vince Vaughn just showed up and basically played his role, but they gave him a different first name and he pretended to be some like cousin while while Marty Funkhauser, they referred to as being in Asia or something. And then, of course, he he died last year, tragically or unfortunately, whatever. Um, and so they bring Vince Vaughn back for this season, but they don't even acknowledge Marty anymore. They've never acknowledged right. him. His real life brother, Albert Brooks, was on episode one this season playing Albert Brooks, playing himself. But Vince Vaughn is playing. Um, the, so we're not exactly sure who he is, but he's some relation. Somebody who is, is made up to to cover up the fact that someone passed away on the show. Basically. Got it. But we've immediately you, yeah. fast forward. He's all he's immediately like amazing friends with Larry, which is one of my issues in this episode. Like the whole scene, like I've I've been famously anti Vince Vaughn as like a Funkhauser in this show. And like the whole scene with in the synagogue that they have later on in this episode is like a classic example to me. Like Larry basically shames him into dumping his girlfriend and it's not some girl he went on a date with. Like he calls it like this is his official like capital G girlfriend. And like because of some minor anecdote that Larry claims occurred, like that would work with a Richard or a Jeff. Like that has to work with like, you know, a very, very close. It has to work with somebody who you're closer with them than they are with your girlfriend, you know? Mm hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Because even in this episode, Larry is strangely close to Vince Vaughn's character to where he's like, yeah, I went and met your girlfriend and she dropped the booty and da 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 da. And I was yeah. like, you should trust her no more. Like, he's ready to like upend his, like, his relationship now based off the words of Larry. Like, so I thought they went way back or something, or at least thought it was really Vince Vaughn. Like, this was the actor Vince Vaughn. The actor Vince right. Vaughn tells me to date, like to dump my girlfriend, I might consider it. But just like, a <laughs> random, like, yeah. relative of a friend that I had, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I, would, if I would buy that. And the last time we saw Freddie Funkhauser, Vince Vaughn, was um, that they got in, he got in a big fight with Larry about mini bars right, and Larry threatened right. to sue him. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's last episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you guys ever uh, see the movie Beer Fest? Yes. Beer Fest. No, I don't think so. So do you remember there's the there's Kevin Heffernan's character? He plays this guy Landfill and he like dies mm-hmm. in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then like they immediately have like, oh, hi, I'm Landfill's twin brother, Landfill too. And like, uh-huh. I'm just going to like <laughs> jump into the gang with you guys because like my brother already filled me in at all you guys. And he just like takes over Landfill's role. And it's like, you know, a joke on the fact when like situations like this where like they basically just like slided in uh, Vince Vaughn to like take the place of Bob Einstein's character and just like not a- pretending that like no- nobody noticed it. So at this point off, because we had speculated this previously, at this point, do you think we're just never going to reference Marty ever again? He's just out. I don't know. Unless they have, you know, some, some you know, way to acknowledge it at some point. Well, I'm asking, right what's now, your prediction? Um, I say no. Yeah, I think at this point, it would, that, that ship has sailed. They had the yeah. chance with Albert Brooks on, and I just, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, it would have come up by now. Um, so, yeah, so... Um, you know, everyone is, um, you know, hanging out and they're on the golf course. Freddie's doing some trick with his putter. I don't know what the, what the hell that's about. Uh, I don't play golf. Um, and Jeff and Larry are chatting quickly and he tells them that Woody's people uh, are interested in a meeting. Um, and we're going to, you know, maybe he's going to end up playing Uncle Mo on the Hulu show. Um, so the rabbi is, um, you know, doing a putt. Uh, sorry, Freddie misses the pod and like Larry, you know, tries to give him a mulligan. Uh, he mentions that I'm going to go see your girlfriend, the optometrist this weekend. And the rabbi interrupts and he's like, guys, this is how it's done. I'm a rabbi. I know how to golf. I'm being like, we're on the same page. This is going to go, you know, I know what I'm doing. Um, and he takes his putt and he, you know, he starts talking about the high holidays. You know, they're coming up. It would be nice, you know, Larry, if you started coming to shul a little bit. Um, Larry's like, oh, don't, you know, don't hold your breath. And the rabbi says, how about this? If I sing this putt, you come to shul, you come to temple. And Larry's like, okay, good. Let's see it. Do it. And sure enough, um, you know, I'll get, he's like, he's even like, I'll get breast plants too, if you do it. Um, and sure enough, the rabbi sinks the putt perfectly. He knew it was going to happen. It was a sure thing. Um, and now Larry's like, oh, no, that wasn't like a real bet. Like, what were you putting up? Like, you had nothing at risk. That was a joke. Um, it's like when Trump says something that he's like, no, I was obviously joking. <laughs> yeah. But now, is this a hard putt or something? Like, why did Larry feel so confident that the rabbi wasn't going to make this? Yeah. Was that the first hole? Did he not know the rabbi skills yet? That's a good question. Right. It sounded like he was getting hustled into going to church. Yeah. Like, like, oh, no, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, like how half, many times before has the rabbi played this trick? I wonder. Yeah, half the congregants are there because they <laughs> lost the golf after the rabbi. So this is the long con from uh from what's her name? Sheila? Is that who was who what's the woman in the first scene with the with the tapestry? Susie. 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 So Susie comes up with this scheme just to get Larry to go to church. She's like, Oh yeah, you gotta meet this rabbi. You gotta take him to golf. And then the rabbi's like, Yeah, come to golf. I got something for you. Just to get him to come uh to, so that he can go to church for the first time. Cause we haven't seen Larry, I'm assuming, in the church for a very long time. 
Yeah, I mean, I you know, normally I wouldn't agree with you. I don't think Susie is usually that uh, manipulative. But, um, you know, as we'll see in this episode, she's playing chess and everybody else is like barely even playing checkers. <laughs> yeah. like she, she knows what she's doing in this episode. It's a long time. Yeah. yeah. Now, but here's a, here's another question. You know, Larry is making such a big deal about going to high holiday services. It's so miserable. He doesn't want to do it. Like, ah, we've seen him go before, right? We see him get kicked out because he was scalping tickets, but he like he had no issue going before. Right. Not only did he go, he slept Cheryl there. He's yeah, like, he forced his Gentile it. wife. Yeah. So he's really, uh, yeah, he's really changed his mind about yeah. synagogue. He's, uh, he's evolved. I think he's one of these people, like, once you're divorced, once you don't have family involved anymore, like, no, I was just doing that for family. I don't actually care. Even if the family is a Jewish, but he had to prove something to her. Yeah, and there's a cumulative effect. It's like, you know, 20 years of going to temple is worse than 10 years. So it's like, you know, <laughs> eventually it's like you get with her down. Okay. This is a safe space. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So we head over back to Larry's house. We're in his kitchen. And he comes he, he comes marching to the kitchen. And he all of a sudden, he sees, like, Lehad, like, quickly, like, running away. Yeah. Uh-huh. My kids try that move. Like, when, yeah. when they're sneaking back to bed. I always find it hilarious that they think they're fooling anyone. Right. And, and Leon here also. It's cute. He thinks he's getting yeah. away with something. Uh, Larry yeah. calls him. He's like, you're like a kitchen mouse. You scurried away. He's like, so scurrying. What do you mean I'm scurrying? He's like, what are you up to? He's like, you didn't see anything. You didn't see shit. And then Larry smells something um, in the kitchen. And he goes looking. And he finds a giant watermelon in the trash. Yeah. Yeah, I felt this in my soul. All right. <laughs> well, okay. So, so no, but so talk to talk to us like, you know, what first of all like the watermelon stereotype is like such a weird one it is yeah i mean everyone likes watermelon everyone likes watermelon it's one of the better melons i think melons in general kind of just aren't that great like it's not like cantaloupe is a trash melon oh Um, i'll take yeah yeah and to me honeydew is the trash melon yeah i mean also it's a a close cousin but but i think i think what we've illustrated just right there is that some people like cantaloupe some people don't like cantaloupe some people like honeydew some people don't like honeydew everybody likes watermelon yeah well didn't akiva say on the podcast uh, last week that he's never eaten watermelon yeah that's a weird thing yeah but he's such a weirdo with food like i I, who knows he's he's on another planet to me that should be like an emergency episode of a podcast we tried to didn't we try to do that with josh i mean it should be a separate podcast yeah yeah, we got to get to the bottom like, of that one. Tom Brady and like, strawberries, Akeem and watermelons. It should be like Lindsey Wilson needs to do an oral history of why Akeem has never yes. tried watermelon. Yeah. Like there's so um, many opportunities in life to eat watermelon. It's like it's in every fruit salad. It's just there. And everyone's like, oh, it's delicious. Why wouldn't you try it? Yeah, but like to get so to get a little serious here for a second. So Av, I had sent you this um, this article from Vox, which was a first person account um, written by a black woman. And I think you can put the link in the show notes talking uh, about have, like you this, send that to me. You did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't read it. Well, oh, okay. well, why don't you tell us about it then? Okay. Well, well, she talked about like this. Why don't you a, just th- tell me what yeah. the box are? No, but this this like being a real thing about like this this discomfort with eat, with eating food in public that is sort of identified as like a racial stereotype. And like Chappelle, you said like you felt it in your soul. So like, tell us like what oh, do you yeah. mean by that? Well, because you know the watermelon like goes way back into like the like the days of like trying to make black people look just goofy, and so like in, like they would depict slaves always eating like watermelon and stupid sh- like that, and so it's kind of like once it became a stereotype, it became joked about. There's songs, you know, watermelon man and all this other stuff, and there's songs that be like are about oppression a lot of times, but it's still kind of bastardized this idea of like 
black people and watermelon are synonymous. And so as a person who likes watermelon, yeah, I like that. But I also don't want to be this walking stereotype for like, oh yeah, there's a slave guy. You know, um, I think on a Twitch stream one time, they were talking about food and they asked me what I was eating. And like, before I could get the word out good, I like choked because I was trying not to say chicken, but I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm eating fresh. <laughs> And then I couldn't even say it because I was like, of course, his black ass is eating fried chicken, you know, like, and it, it sucks. You shouldn't have to be worried about what you're eating and how it's perceived. But that's just the reality of the situation. Like in college, I wouldn't eat bananas in front of people because people like st- people are stupid. And so, like, you know, damn banana, you got to break it in half and pop it in your mouth when no one's looking because people are like, oh, yeah, like there goes the black guy eating the banana or even worse is like, oh, it looks so phallic, you know. And so I get real uncomfortable when people are watching me eat. So this was right up my alley. I understood it. I felt this in my soul. I would have hidden the watermelon in a heartbeat. It would have been the same exact scene if it was me wow that's so fascinating that's really that's so enlightening Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah um because i know i mean to me like that's like a a very interesting contrast whereas like to me there are certainly very like ethnically jewish foods that i love and enjoy but like i have never experienced that feeling uh i mean i guess part of that just has to be like i grew up in new york and not in like some place where jews were like heavily minority but like i never like felt like oh i can't like eat a bagel in public because some guy's gonna be and i I guess also it's like it's less obvious to the to the eye that i'm jewish as opposed to even if you're wearing a yarmulke like these jewish foods or kosher foods don't come from an initial negative stereotype like you might feel awkward about doing something that feeds into a Jewish stereotype. Like, you, would you drop down and pick up a dime off the floor or something if you were wearing a right. in front of a bunch of Gentiles or something? Which is like, again, like eating walnut. It's a thing, maybe not a dime, but you know, a quarter, a dollar. It's a thing that anybody would do. But yet you feel self conscious and you're perpetuating a stereotype. Whereas like the kosher foods, right. and Larry tries to do that in the in the in the, in the grocery store with gefilte fish and like lox or whatever. Like those aren't like. They don't come from us. Like, so I also, the other article I sent you out was like sort of an expl- explanation. I think it was in the Republic of like what the, I think it was in the, the Atlantic actually of why like watermelon derived as like a, as like a racial stereotype for African-Americans. And it, it is so weird because the, the origins just are so illogical, but then once they're entrenched, they're entrenched already sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was, I remember, I remember, um, like years ago, H&M had like a clothing line or whatever. And one of the models was this little black kid and he was wearing a shirt on, I mean, a shirt with a a monkey on it. And it's the coolest monkey in the jungle. And people were outraged. I'm like, it is a kid. He can't wear a fucking monkey shirt without y'all like tripping. But at the same time, like now I'm like, I can't wear a monkey shirt, you know, like, cause what are they, what are people going to say? Or how would I look, you know? And I like, I don't want to like, perpetuate anything like that so it's like that sometimes and watermelon is one of those things but chicken is another one because i love chicken yes i said it and it hurt to say it because i'm like somebody's like clipping that like of course you like chicken black ass you know and so i'm like no i just i can enjoy shit like everybody else but sometimes it's just it's coded you know so that's how fried chicken probably has an even higher approval rating than watermelon it is like universally beloved. Yeah, like no, and it might not be healthy, but no, people might say, "Well, I don't like to eat it because it's not healthy." But nobody would say they don't like the taste of fried chicken. Fried chicken, right. I mean, no, yeah, I mean, what? No, fried chicken is like a perfect food. Yeah, so. exactly. I rarely brag about the delicious fried chicken that I eat, but I will always talk about like the ribs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like ribs are like agnostic to things like they're to, to hate. Um, so I'm like, I'll eat ribs, but um, yeah, no, fried chicken, no, no watermelon, I try to avoid those. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Av, you mentioned the bagel. Have I told you the story about when I uh, interviewed at a, um, well, I won't say the name of the law firm, but it'll pre- be pretty easy to figure out if I tell the story. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking no. about? No. Okay, so when I was in law school, I was interviewing at a law firm, 
And again, I won't say the name of the firm, but they were the firm that represented uh, Bush and Bush v. Gore in 2000. And so they're sort of a very they're a very big prominent law firm, but they're famously uh, right of center. Um, although, of course, it's a big place. And they have many liberals and conservatives, and Democrats, and Republicans, but whatever. Uh, so I'm in my interview and the partner interviewing me on my resume. This is in 2008 or I was interviewing and, and on my resume, it says that I co-founded a group that fall called the Jewish Young Professionals for Obama and we held events or whatever. So he said to me, are you concerned with having that on your resume when you're interviewing at a firm that has a reputation as being like a Republican firm? And I said to him, I said, no, not at all. For the same reason that I'm wearing a, a yarmulke at, the, at these interviews, like it's an important part of my identity. And if somebody would be uncomfortable with me, I would want to know that before I would take a job there because I wouldn't want to work there either. And and I think he was asking he was asking the question with the intent of segueing to say, don't you don't need to worry. We have Democrats and Republicans or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was his initial question. But then things got really awkward because then he got up at, like at the end of the interview and he's like, hey, so these interviews happen in a hotel room and then like connect to the room as like a hospitality suite where you can go before and after the interview and get little snacks and stuff. So he gets up after the interview and he says to me, oh, no, no, excuse me, it was in the middle of the interview. He said to me when I said the thing about the yarmulke, he said, well, why don't you wear a yarmulke? That says Barack Obama on it. That's what he said to me. And I said to him, well, actually, they have yarmulkes that say Obama and Bush and Clinton and Gore, you know, like they like they do sell those and make those as like a campaign thing. And then oh no, no. And yeah, okay. Then he said, then at the sorry, this is a long meander story. Then at the end of the interview, right. we get up and we go to the we go to the reception, and he says to me, um, you know, since you're a Jew and all that, uh, you ought to go see if they have a uh, they have a pickle or maybe they have a bagel for you to eat. And he was saying it, he wasn't trying to be offensive, but he, I mean he had put in his, like, he was just like really inappropriate. And I could like, he wasn't like a racist, an anti Semitic person. He was just a moron who did not, he was like an old white guy who yeah. did not know how to deal with things, basically. Um, but, but I, and so I, suffice it to say, I did not go work there. But I mentioned it to a friend of mine who was a year older who had worked at the previous summer who was a Jewish person and like a liberal person. And I told him, hey, you know, when I interviewed at your firm, this happened. And like a, a couple weeks later, I got a call from somebody that he's like, like some lawyer. He's like, I'm the headquarters of, of this firm's diversity thing in Los Angeles. And I heard this rumor and I just want to address it. So it became a whole thing. But like there was no offense intended, I think. But it was an offense. It was just an offensive, weird thing to do. Um, and I yeah. just think I thought of that during the scene in the grocery store where Larry talks about eating bagels and all that, because like, as you said, I've, I've never felt uncomfortable eating a bagel in my life. But until this person called me out as a Jew and said, oh, you're a Jew, so you must like bagels. <laughs> Here, have a bagel. And again, I like bagels <laughs> and I like pickles. They're both bagels, very good yeah. foods. Yeah. Yeah. All, all, almost all food is good. Like, I yeah. mean, it's like a gift from the heavens that there's such a thing as food. And like a lot right. of it is delicious. Just like yeah. eat whatever you like. But a lot of the Ashkenazi Jewish foods are not so great. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, some of them are not great. But, you know, just, just, just know if I'm at a buffet with, with anyone and they say, hey, would you like a piece of watermelon? I'm looking at them inside their head like, is this a ton of food and you offer me watermelon? I'm right. like, what? that what's that supposed to mean yeah but you know it shouldn't be like that but hell it is and so i mean this is what it is yeah Yeah. and like it sucks that like uh you know you can't eat watermelon because like a hundred years ago people decided like oh we'll make black people look silly by eating water like they could have they could have chosen apricots and you'd be like great watermelon in apricots out yeah (laughs) i like apricots too but yeah. I mean, but I don't I rarely come across apricots, so I, I'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd be fine. Like, they really they really screwed me with this one. <laughs> white supremacy, like, white supremacy strikes again. Uh, yeah. Take it. <laughs> yeah, they chose the best melon to ruin. Yeah. yeah. Best melon and the best bird because <laughs> the chicken yeah. is uh, right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get back to uh, Curb. I think uh, Woody Harrelson's coming in on the next scene, right? Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just but uh, the main takeaway there we get is the, you know, the whole uh, Leon doesn't feel comfortable eating uh, watermelon in front of white people. 
Fair. Um, but they both but they both agree that it's their favorite fruit. And I, it sounds like, you know, I don't know if we all agree it's our favorite fruit, but it all sounds like we all rate it highly. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's universally beloved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever had to uh, hide uh, watermelon in the forest, Chappelle? <laughs> no, I've never had to do that. <laughs> oh man! Uh, one time in college, I stole a watermelon because <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want people to see me buying it. <laughs> oh man! So I was like, yeah, that that will that will save the stereotype. <laughs> like, the but I was like, if I get in line with just this watermelon, like everyone's yeah. gonna judge me. And so I just walked out the door. It was a long time ago. I'm sure the statute of limitations will uh, protect me on this one. But yeah, yeah I just walked straight out the front door, and I was because I was like, the alternative is to stand in line with a watermelon under my arm like a damn basketball. I was like, it's not happening. Sorry. Yeah, yeah Chappelle, don't worry. Well, both of us are lawyers, so this whole thing is privileged. It's confidential privilege. Yeah, Thanks. this is confidential. <laughs> It's the attorney client yeah. privilege. Only you had been at the grocery store with Larry, you wouldn't have had to feel bad about uh, your purchase. <laughs> yeah, well, is, he still starts shouting it at the at the yeah. top of his lungs, like, "You, you're going to eat this watermelon!" Like, oh, well, God. the scene like, was very awkward. I know we're skipping out a turn here, but like when he points to the one other black guy in line, it's very awkward at that moment. And then he sort of saves it a little bit by starting to talk about it. No, oh, I will eat this also. But like, it's a little awkward at that moment when he's like. Here's a black guy, and oh, you're also black. I bet you like water. <laughs> and he probably was uncomfortable buying the watermelon. Like he's like sneaking to buy this thing that he wants to eat, and you're yeah. like, "Hey, you with yeah. the watermelon?" Like, God damn it! Yeah, yeah, you got me. Sorry, Larry. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Are we moving on from watermelon, or we still got more on watermelon? I think we're good to go on. Yeah. No, let's go to Woody. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's go to Woody. Uh, so Larry, uh, Larry's pouring a cup of coffee for Woody. And Woody's like, I don't usually drink coffee. I instead, I usually drink biodynamic coffee. I have, I don't even want to know what that is. Um, it's probably just like coffee with like, they just like pour other shit in there that probably makes it like less healthy and they call it biodynamic. It's like they put sugar in there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, does anyone know what this is? Would it be the opposite? Mm. I have no idea, but. Yeah. He seemed very passionate about it, if nothing else. I was like, what is he talking about? Because he was upset about the biodynamic coffee. Oh, it, it's, um, it says it's sourced exclusively oh, from family-run estates and co-ops that use regenerative farming practices to improve the natural environment. Okay, so... so the taste is no different. Yeah, they're not adding sugar off. Yeah, okay, right. So it's just that they're... Uh, okay, so it's part of the like pro-animals, pro-environment, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. um, his whole uh, activism. Um, he asks if the coffee is bi- biodynamic and he's like, it's not uh, biodynamic, but it's dynamic. Um, <laughs> they both laugh at that. And what he's like, looking out the window. Meanwhile, Larry turns and, you know, grabs the cream and offers him some. He's like, cream, you mean cow cream? And he starts getting upset. He starts yelling at Larry about, you know, that you're perpetuating a cycle of violence here. This is how cows are abused right here in this kitchen. And Larry's like, no, no, what are you talking about? No, 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 no. This is, you, you think I got this from a store? No, <laughs> this is I have a cow. And like when the cow is done giving all of its milk to all of its calves, then I take whatever's left at the end of the day. That's all I've given you. <laughs> yeah. and, this, is, uh, this is funny. Yeah. I like this because now I've seen an episode or two of Seinfeld. And so I was getting like the big like. George Costanza vibes of like uh, I'm a marine biologist. Yeah. You know, right. you like you tell the lie, and now you have to see it through. And now yes, he has yeah, it actually, exactly. By the end, he actually has to save a whale. Like by the, I'm like right. by the end, like Larry's got to buy a cow. So yeah, I, I I thought this was a good one. I was laughing really hard. Yeah, 
I was I was disappointed that he didn't end up having to milk the cow. Like I thought that's sort of, I certainly thought that's where this was heading. You wanted to see yeah. the actual milking. Yeah, I thought that yeah, but he has milky was, hands. You don't know what it is. It's a farm. Yeah, yeah. I figured the episode <laughs> was going to end on him milking a cow for something like he was going to have to like serve Woody Allen, you know, cream directly for the cow. Somehow. <laughs> that's where I thought this was going. I think one thing that this show has done very well this year, uh, this season is they've done misdirections where they set things up in a way that you expect something and then something else happens like the, with the funeral, for example. And so there's a couple sort of uh, uh, head fakes in this episode, you know, with with the uh, with the diverse um, network assistants at Hulu for and Netflix, for example. Like, I think they've done that quite a bit. My question here is like, we know that every celebrity who comes on curb plays like, you know, a slightly fictionalized, exaggerated version of themselves, like, you know, a little more obnoxious. You know, I'm wondering, though, like how insufferable is Woody Harrelson in real life or is this just all I mean, he's an environmentalist, obviously, but is like the whole insufferableness. Is that all just him sort of mocking himself here? I don't know. Like I always look when I was younger, I thought Woody Harrelson was a cool guy. And yeah. like no, the so older I. I get it, I see like, yeah, the older I guys, I'm like, yeah, like I feel like he's he's he's, he's on to something. Woody seems like a pretty progressive dude a lot of times, but you know, the people who get involved in the environmentalist stuff, sometimes they can beat you over the head with it. You know, it's like, <laughs> man, I just want a cup of coffee. And they're like, Yeah, they can become cream shamers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we do not respect cream shamers. And so, um, you know, so I, I could imagine there being a world where if you're just trying to have a cup of coffee and somebody's yelling at you about the type of cream you use, like you just lose it because I, I, I'm a teacher. So I live and breathe coffee. I don't go to work without coffee. It's not happening. And so, uh, yeah, I, I just couldn't have somebody like breathing down my neck about this particular uh, like item. Um, hopefully he's not like that. Well, have you ever had a waitress say to you, are you black in reference to your coffee? <laughs> no, there's, there's an episode. There's an episode of Seinfeld where Elaine is dating a guy and she thinks that he's black, but he's not. <laughs> anyway, and so a waitress comes up to him and says, are you black? Which I've never heard a person say as a way to describe. Do you want your coffee black? <laughs> but yeah, for the and I drink of- my coffee black. Yeah. No one's ever asked me if I was black. I mean, yeah. it's pretty obvious, but I do uh, <laughs> like like I do drink my coffee black. So yeah. it, it would be a appropriate question if it's an actual question that people ask. But that sounds yeah. made up. Yeah, sounds exactly. something. Yeah. Are you black? Yeah. I wish somebody would ask me this. Yeah. Like <laughs> excuse me, sir. My friend and I were wondering. Uh... <laughs> I do love how excited uh, um, Woody is, though, when he's like, oh, I creep shame all the time. I was ready to creep shame you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they were the both cream shamers they're the yeah. cream shaming society yeah um yeah which kind of goes to show it's like they it, they're in it for the shame yeah mm-hmm. like for the shame opportunity that's, yeah. that's what that's the main that's the thing yeah it's a lot it. about more than that than the animals <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's all to be you know holier than thou um and now they're best friends they're both cream shamers um, they're, you know, I underestimated you and what he's like really interested. He wants to know about more about the farm. Where's the cow? And Larry tells him the cow's name is Jesse and he loves that cow. He loves watching it chew its cud because it's like, that's, I guess that's the only thing Larry knows that cows do. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know anything else to say with. Unless yeah. he was, oh, I love watching it walk. Like, what's he going to say? <laughs> 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 um, it's interesting. So now we have uh, we have Woody and we have Jesse, which are uh, the characters from Toy Story too. 
Uh, mm, the two cowboys. I didn't even peep that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I did not pick up on that. Sorry. Yeah, I don't. I doubt it was intentional. Um, so yeah. So Woody's like, "Hey, can I come to the farm to see the cow?" Now, of yeah, course. This is like, yeah, yeah. This is marine biologist. This is George driving because it lost up to the Hamptons. He's yeah. like, you know, I, I, "Let's I, get I, nuts." I have, yeah, I let's get nuts, right? But yeah. this is every episode of Curb, like much even more than Seinfeld. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess he really wants Woody in the show. Um, at least right. At least he has a reason here. He often like does it with people who are like, who gives a shit? Why he like why yeah. like the the crazy guy from two weeks ago? Like who like who cares what he thinks? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Once 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 you've given the initial lie, you're forced to commit because he does need something from Woody. So at least that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So mm, he's like, Can I come Thursday? Thursday is a good <laughs> Friday. Oh, Friday is not really gonna work. Saturday is my last day here. We have to do it Saturday. So I mean at that and point, the way Woody says that to Larry is the way people are always calling Larry on his lies when he's always, you know, with I was like, Well, I know you can you're not working Saturday. I know you can do Saturday. And you know, he always sort of gets stuck like that. So that's why he ends up moving to New York and everything he does is because he gets sort of a, a caught caught in it. The person sort of tongue in cheek is saying, Are you lying or not lying? Because if you don't admit to this one, you're lying. So <laughs> got him. Yeah, so it's going to be Saturday. Um, and then he's like, by the way, like I have a ton of notes on the script. Like it needs a lot of work, uh, which, you know, we uh, Larry famously in the very first scene, uh, scene of the series. Uh, sorry, of the season said no notes. Like, you know, he doesn't want any notes on. Uh, on yeah. Show. They're not page one notes, but, you know. Yeah. Let's start from page one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we head back to Jeff's house, and um, Jeff's like yelling at Larry. He's like, "What's wrong with you? Why would you make up this like ridiculous lie that you have a cow?" Um, and like, you know, I had to because of the cream, and I have no knowledge of cows. And Jeff's like, "Yeah, of course, Jesse is the dumbest name for a cow. Like, what were you thinking? Uh, you should have done Bessie." Larry's like, "Huh." Like Bessie sounds fake. Like I chose like the you know the stereotypical name for a cow. Like Jesse means like oh someone actually thought of a name that they like. Um, it's like naming a dog Fido. Like it sounds fake. Yeah, I mean it, Larry's making good points here. I mean you say Bessie the cow like you made that up, but I mean I also <laughs> right. think it's probably stupid to give a cow like a like a like a like a regular person name. I feel like you name like cows and horses like you know you name them after like trees and animals and plants and stuff like this is sunflower or chestnut you know like you don't name right. it like oh this is william you know the horse or you know this is jessica the the cow like i don't know i i, I was like eh, this is kind of weird victor. I, I wouldn't have believed this either yeah victor the cow yeah what really right it's really like harriet that? like harriet could be a cow <laughs> um, rank cow names <laughs> um yeah you know yeah you know the, you know the name helene helene could be a cow yeah. I don't know. All yeah, right, this is probably, probably a bad exercise. <laughs> this is going to be trouble. <laughs> Seven's um, a beautiful name for a cow or a bull or a cow. <laughs> uh, or a duck. Uh, a duck? Yeah. Who doesn't name their ducks? <laughs> um, so Susie comes in. He's, he's like, thank you so much for uh, going to doing the golf. And Larry's like, fun. I didn't have fun. I got roped into now. I have to go to the temple. Uh, Susie's like, good. It's good for you. You should go. Um, and Larry's like, no, it's going to be boring. He's correct. Um, to which, um, you know, Susie does the whole thing about whether you have spirituality and, um, he mocks her. He tells her, get the fuck out. Um, and before he does that, Larry, uh, wants to know, do you know anyone who has a farm or cows? And she's like, what are you talking about? What am I fucking little house on the prairie? I don't know if any cows or farms. <laughs> like, what kind of a question is that? <laughs> 
Like we, I live in Los Angeles. No, I don't know any farms. <laughs> um, and we, you know, throw them out of the house. Yeah, I mean, do you do you know anybody with a farm? Um, no. I know one person. I know one person. I don't. Yeah, I mean, y'all are in like the New York area, so I imagine yeah. they're not like prominent. Yeah, I could I could probably walk down the street and go not be far from a farm and like mm-hmm. I could get to a farm in like maybe like 20 minutes if I wanted to. All right. Walking. So it's so what you're saying is that it's possible that we could get a uh, milking live on the podcast. I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh, OK. All right. Yeah, oh, we want a midnight that. milking. We don't want to <laughs> yeah. overpromise. It won't be a cow. No. So I won't be doing that. <laughs> All right. Uh, OK, so we had to. <laughs> Um, so we head to the doctor's office uh, the optometrist we have the great Kaylee Cuoco from Big Bang Theory played a great penne um, uh, she's playing Heidi here um, and she is an optometrist and she has Larry in those goggles um, that you got the eye doctor do you guys wear glasses I'm a big glasses person obviously you see that I don't, do you guys have uh, lenses in or are you uh, glasses free my glasses are in the other room Uh, Alex, you too? No, I I wore contacts and glasses for what what, 15 years and then I got uh, late like PRK surgery, laser surgery. So I don't anymore. All right. But so you have for now. So everyone but but I have spent a lot of time with eye doctors over the last month. So okay. All right. So we could all relate to this. Um, I very much related to Larry here, but there's like so many we're like, I have no fucking idea. Like they're so like I don't know, just you choose. You're the doctor. Well, if you get that close, I think either one is fine. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Ke- Ke- uh, Ke- Kelly, will, right. Kelly will tell us there are no ties in optometry, right? We've previously discussed on this podcast. There's no ties in baseball. Yeah, there's uh, no ties. Yeah. And, but, you know, but of course, if there's a tie in dating, it goes to the hetero. <laughs> yeah, right. Tie goes yes. to the hetero. Yeah. Well, um, those are the rules. Yeah. I mean, like when I go to the eye doctor without my glasses, I can't see the E. Like I just see like three lines, mm. it, like blurry. Um, I know what the, I know a lot of the. The letters from just like pre- you previous visits, it. like yeah. I know OFLC yeah, yeah, I is one. Yeah, um, yeah. I could again if I see like one of the letters, it like triggers my memory. Mm. Um, so yeah, but I can't see any of the letters, and like I, I hate when they try, they make me just choose which one. So I was totally with Larry here, <laughs> and like he goes back and forth. He's you know he's second guessing himself. Uh, finally, she's just like, okay, like this this isn't working. Like you know, he's like, you're doing a conspiracy on me, <laughs> uh, and um, you know, he you know he 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 like takes this to heart as like a whole thing. It's like you know, I never stick with my gut. Like I never you know, I'm always second guessing myself in general, and like you know, he thinks this is a general thing. Um, and uh, Heidi's like, by the way, random segue, you know, that your doctor would bring up with you. How crazy is it that they're having that hate rally over there this <laughs> afternoon? Uh, it's so disgusting. I mean, like, I'm all for free speech, but like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and Larry's like, yeah, you know, the whole free speech thing, I think they got it a little bit wrong. I think mostly right, but I would say free speech should be there should be free speech for Larry David. Yeah. <laughs> and for everybody else, they should ask Larry David. Yeah. <laughs> That doesn't sound like free speech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So very strange non sequitur. They really had to force that into the scene here. Yeah. And this is this is taking place in L.A. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know they Redwood. had like clan rallies in L.A. I just yeah. Neither did I. And, um, yeah. and yeah, the clansmen live in a farm just outside of town. Apparently. Like again, I'm in Texas. Yeah. And the clans, the clansmen, they do rally, and and it's normal. It's not normal, but it happens here. And so I was like, "Why is this happening in LA? I don't understand that." 
Um, yeah, the big ones are in Santa Fe and Tucson, but they are in LA in this episode. Well, it makes sense for them to be in Tucson, but yeah. like for them to be in LA, I was yeah. like, uh, it's like a, a smaller chapter of the clan. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we it was kind of a non-specific uh, hate rally, right? We never really found out more like details about what they were hating. I mean, I have some we ideas, could, but yeah. we could guess. We could yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with. Yeah. Um, let's say some of the think, people on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I think we all we, we're all in bad shape. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so. Yeah, so it's it's oh. um yeah this whole this whole this whole thing is interesting. I think you know I, I will say they're I think they're taking they are taking like big swings here. They're trying to say something something about things. Um, even if I don't think everything in this episode worked, I do like that they're like trying to have an opinion. Well, he's very um, clearly reactive to what the big news stories were when he was filming. So like last season, which was filmed in 2019, came out in 2020, it was all about Me Too stuff. This season, which is filmed, uh, you know, come out in 2021, filmed in 2020. So it has a lot of, you know, uh, you know, r- racial stuff and political protest. And so it, but it, so he is reacting to those things. But, yeah, he's really putting his his Larry David spit on it, to put it mildly. Yeah. But I mean, I think even the free speech thing, I think he is like saying there is like how like we like all tend to have a thing of like it's like. Yeah, like I should have the right to free speech. Yeah, but then it's yeah. like, oh, but not when other people yeah. say. Things. If you say something I don't like, yeah, then yeah, and like we like you. everyone does that, and it's yeah. kind of like, um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I think I think it's interesting. He, I think he is trying to, you know, talk about stuff, and I at least I definitely at least appreciate that. Yeah. Um. So um, Heidi is, uh, you know, dilating the eyes. Um, they're starting to go blurry, and she walks out of the room, and she's eating some pirates booty. Uh, Alex, do you remember when we last had pirates booty on Curb Your Enthusiasm? Pirate's Booty in particular was on here? Yes. Oh, I do not remember. So it's from the it's in the producer season when um him and like the dance choreographer like go to like the supermarket to like get snacks. Yeah. And he chooses Pirate's Booty and then he he sings Pirate's Booty to the tune of Shake Your Booty or Shake My Booty. He's like Pirate's Booty. Oh, yes, 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 Pirate's yes, yes. Booty. Did not remember that. Wow. Yeah. Good deep yeah. cut by you. Um, but I was about to ask you, and I guess the answer is Larry David, like what kind of adult eats pirates booty? My kids yeah, eat it. It tastes like shit. Susie yeah. will say that in the synagogue later. She's completely right. Yeah. Pirates booty is horrible. Yeah. I do like the Seinfeld, um, you know, the reference Larry spotting the pirates booty, despite being Mr. Magoo is very reminiscent of, of course, blind George spotting dimes, eating onions, you know, sees Jerry's uh, Jeffrey making out with Jerry's girlfriend. At the at the risk at the risk of pirates booty being a stereotypically uh, black food, Chappelle, do you enjoy pirates oh. booty? I thought they made this up. I thought it was like <laughs> I was like, why do they keep? I guess it's a cereal called yeah, pirates. Booty. I had no idea what, what it is. is I it, like, wait, hold on. Is it is it a Jewish food? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's knows? a good, that's a question I won't ask. No, you. it's just it's, <laughs> a, it's it's just a bad food. Like it's it, no no nobody should like it. Yeah, yeah. I only know about it because my kids eat it. I didn't know that anybody over the age of eight likes it. But. Yeah, it's this like it's trying to be like fluffy, but it's like it's cheddar like, cheese, but it's very, it's very fake, it, very bad. It like when it's like fresh, it, it already tastes kind of stale. Yeah, yes. It's, it's just like it tastes, it tastes almost like those like white pop thing, popping things that come in like boxes. Like styrofoam, like styrofoam that's been like things. dipped in like the like the, the powder from like Wacky Mac. <laughs> yeah that's not yeah that's what they taste like it's like they're coated in that it's not good but it's, yeah yeah 
I had no clue what this was. I kept yeah. saying like, oh, they just were looking for a reason to say booty a lot. And, and <laughs> right. episode, I didn't I'm think sure about that's, that. That's still one of the things. But I just was like, why? Why is this? And so when I when I because I, I had to Google it, I was like, I'm the right. only person who doesn't know what the hell this is. But luckily, I, I guess if you're over eight, you should be eating it anyway. So I should not know what this is. I don't have yeah. any kids. Yeah. No, you yeah, don't need no. to. Yeah. So she drops one on the ground. Um and Larry's like he's looking through the telescopic lens. So now he's <laughs> able to spot those dimes. Is that one or two, though? Um, either way, it's, he's, yeah. you know, his vision's pretty good. Um, and he's able to spot the uh, the cheesy puff uh, pirate's booty on the floor. And he's very disappointed. It, it is a weird move by her because of the fact that she's doing it in front of somebody else. Like, even if you're the kind of person who, like, doesn't care about littering or whatever. And it's her own office, by the way. But or even if you're the kind of person who says someone else will pick that up when you know someone's watching, wouldn't you? I don't know. I'm always weirded out by people who like post like racist stuff on Facebook. I'm like, you know, that has your real name. Like people see what you're doing. And so maybe I uh, maybe I just have too much shame. But yeah, she's uh, she's got no shame. I agree, though. Uh, like I remember like even the feeling when I'm in the restroom at like a public restroom and someone comes in and then they leave before me. But I like I'm standing at the sink, washing my hands. Like, listen, I understand you don't feel like taking yeah. the time to wash Thank your hands you right me. now, but I'm right here. I'm <laughs> yeah. right effing here, you know, like dog. And then like I now I'm watching you grab the handle and like, sir, I know what yeah. you just did. You Agree know, like, just, just, look, just pretend, just pretend you're going to wash your hands. I swear to God, it'd be better. But yeah, that, no, I get it. Like if yeah. someone's watching you, 100%. have some respect. Yeah. At, least, at least fake it. Yeah. 100% agree with you there. All right. Um, I think that's so a big theme of this episode, right? Like Larry David believes that you take responsibility for your actions, no matter the extreme, even if it means cleaning a, a robe for a Klansman. <laughs> if you cause a mess, you clean that mess up. Yeah. And he can't go against it because it'd be hypocritical. If, it yeah. was, right. he, if he wasn't doing the clans, like the, the clansman's laundry at some point, then he couldn't yeah. say anything about the pirate's booty. And he had to maintain so. yeah. the more high ground. Right. If you won't clean a clansman's outfit, it's indicative of a moral compass got askew. <laughs> I, I do think Larry's moral compass has got askew. Let's be honest. It has. <laughs> it really has. Um, okay. So Larry uh, comes down the street and his uh, vision is still not very good. He's rubbing those eyes. And he uh, somehow bumps into a man um, and the man is holding two things. He is holding a cup of coffee, which shit, uh, but he's also <laughs> holding a Confederate flag or a clan uh, robe. Well, it's, hard, it's hard to tell exactly what it is at first. Uh, turns out it is um, it is a clan robe. Um, and the guy's like super pissed. He's like, hey, man, you just spilled uh, you spilled coffee all over my clansman robe. And um, yeah, so why don't we pause there? This is a good place to pause. <laughs> um, so we introduce a character who's a member of the Ku Klux Klan. We should probably share some thoughts on that. This is yeah. an anti-Klan podcast. Is that your point, Ob? You just want to right, like we that? have to say the words. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, but, is that where you're going with I, this? No. I, I, I'm assuming I was saying, I was kind of like you know, introducing this, you know. Yeah. The, 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 uh, Joe, Joe is his name. Joe, yeah. Klansman Joe. Joe, Klansman Joe, Klansman yes. Joe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is this the first time, um, like Nazis have been brought up like in this uh, like universe where uh, Curve is? Well, there was a soup Nazi on Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, I know that much. Right. Yeah. Even he then, wasn't like, an actual you know, Nazi though. Um, yeah. yeah. There was um there was a like a Nazi dog, right? There was an, there was a racist and, dog that barked to black people. And didn't he also do he something? Not, he Nazi, didn't he also yeah, like, respond to like uh, 
Well, Larry said it's not often you get to be affectionate to something German. That's why he likes the German shepherds. Oh, uh, okay. So maybe I'm just yeah. you know, I'm misremembering. That he also be German had a Nazi and racist. Okay, well. so yeah, it was just, so it was just racist. Nazi. Just racist. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, of course, last season we did. We had the guy on the motorcycle who Larry accidentally cut off in traffic, who was wanted to hurt Larry until Larry put on the MAGA hat, and then the guy said, "Oh, we're cool because you have the MAGA hat." Not exactly a Klansman, you know. To be fair, not 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 all our MAGA wearers are Klansmen, but you know, there's, yeah, there's a Klan adjacent. Yeah, there's this all a distinction like, there that I'm not really familiar with, but I think it, I think it exists. I'll acknowledge it. There's a line I just don't. I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and here's my question. Why, and I understand it's for the plot of the episode. I should be fighting this, but this is what I do. Why does Larry? He, I don't even think he's responsible. They both sort of bump into each other, and the Klansman is the one carrying a coffee outside of the store without a cap on it. So I feel like mm-hmm. if you're walking outside the coffee shop without a cap on it and you collide into someone else and you're both like neither one was really looking where they were going. So Larry's yeah, being I, over, overly generous to this client. Yeah, I mean, a perfectly reasonable outcome is go fuck yourself, Klansman. Yeah, yes, uh, <laughs> perfectly reasonable. Yeah. I would say or, or, reasonable. or just yeah. go fuck yourself, stranger who bumped into me with a hot uh, cup of coffee that's now half on me. Yeah, right. I mean, even erase the Klansman part right. of this yeah. is just say it was a random said. person with a robe. Yeah. Like, does Larry owe them anything? You know, like, I'm I'm sorry that happened to you. The, the dry cleaners is right there. You know, like, here's a dollar, maybe. Like, I don't know if I have to, like, stop my entire day because we collided with each other. And now I have to do your laundry. Why? What's the oh, reason? I just realized I had this uh, almost exact scenario happen. Except, So I was on the street of New York. And I was I was getting in a, a cab or an Uber or whatever. And I had my son, my baby son in a stroller and the cab driver. I was like I was like right in sort of in front of the cab driver's window, w- taking my kid out of the stroller, out of the seat part to like put it in the, the cab, whatever. And the cab driver took his cigarette and flicked it out the window and it hit my kids like the car seat part, like where my kid was sitting. And so I went apeshit on this guy. I'm like, what the hell is wrong? You just flicked the cigarette at my baby. So I picked So a normal person says, fuck you and just walks away. But unfortunately, I chose to escalate things. I picked the cigarette off off of like the ground and I flicked it back. Uh, like I threw it at the guy in his seat through the open window, <laughs> so, which I, I probably should not have done. I probably should have just uh, de-escalated and walked away from this guy. But um, so then this guy takes his cup of coffee and chucks it at me. But I dive out of the way with my good ref- reflexes. <laughs> so it hits an old lady right next to us. Oh my god! Unrelated, and this old lady starts screaming at me. Meanwhile, the cab driver drives away. She starts screaming at me, and I'm like, "Why are you yelling at me?" He poured the coffee. She's like, "Well, why'd you flick your cigarette at a guy if you know he's crazy?" So he I got yelled at my baby. <laughs> like, what the yeah. hell, lady? I'm like, this guy's flicking a cigarette out of the ground, like, or I think aiming for the ground, not looking where he's going, hitting my kid. So yeah, so this woman was mad at me. So, anyways, I actually called the police because this driver, I was like really pissed at him. I like, you know, I, I had his number because it was so I like I called the police. I'm like, this guy's flicking cigarettes. He's chucking coffee at us. Um, but yeah, but the lady yelled at me. So yeah, did you offer it? Was it the lady gets po- like hit with the coffee? Yes. Yeah. Did you I offer mean, to do her laundry? No, hundred percent not. <laughs> exactly, By the way, exactly, like, my like, wife was on the lady side and also played me. Obviously. <laughs> like, why did you do that? To... I'm like, he threw the cigarette at ours. She's like, why are you getting involved? Just walk away from him. Get another cab. Probably correct. <laughs> Yeah, if you didn't offer to do that, that sweet old lady's uh, laundry, I don't know why Larry yeah. feels so compelled. Is he just generous like this randomly throughout <laughs> the series as well? well? He's overly principled to what his interpretation of principles are. Mm, right. It's okay. like once he establishes his ethos, which in this episode is you clean up after yourself, he he feels a need to not be a hypocrite. Did you know uh, as you're watching the scene, did you like I assumed during my first watch at the end of the scene, he was going to take it and throw it in the garbage. Yeah, 
I thought I, th- I didn't think this was going to go anywhere. I did not know he was going to protect this robe with his yeah, life and yeah. then like go above and beyond to make sure that this person gets to this clan rally. I really was waiting on him to be like, I don't care. But it never happened. Yeah. Uh, did you ever do that in high school where like on the subway, sometimes there are people handing out like literature that might be offensive to Jews, for example. And like some of my friends would like take like a whole bunch of them to throw them out. And and then I and then somebody told me like, well, don't actually do that because whatever, like the more that they're getting rid of, they feel like they don't know you're throwing it out. They think, oh, I'm getting more reaction. They're going to go do it more and more. So, you know, don't give them any attention is the correct answer. But um, mm. yeah, I did like when Larry starts quoting Fiddler on the Roof to the Klansman, though. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Who day and night must scramble for a yeah. living, feed a wife and children, say his daily prayers. And I, don't, I don't know how holding the Klansman is the in Fiddler on the Roof. So he's just like, yeah, right on. <laughs> tradition. <laughs> A different tradition. Now, at what point do we think that the Klansman discovers that Larry's Jewish? Because we know he knows when they're at the farm because he calls him the cheap Jew or whatever. Right. Yeah, I think he knows immediately. He knows immediately. Larry David just exudes Jew. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I exude black. Yeah. You know, like- <laughs> it's, it's like pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Susie did call him a Jew face, right? When they were trying to get into the, uh, to the Waspy uh, Country Club. Right. Yeah. You'd, you'd, face, you'd stick out like a sore thumb. Correct. Yeah. It's not a big mystery. Yeah. <laughs> also, like this Klansman is living in LA. And I also kind of wonder this in New York. Sometimes, like every once in a while, you come across like an explicit racist in New York. And I'm like, but you live in New York. Like you're surrounded by minorities. Like, doesn't it drive you nuts every day? Like, why do you go to another part of the country? They like so, attention. Yeah. yeah. So this farmer, like- he's, he's in LA. He knows what he's dealing with. Yeah, they like attention. Like, yeah. let me go somewhere where I, this is going to rise out a lot of people. Because trust me, if you are if if you are a Klansman here in Texas, like every third person would be like, okay, you know, like, but you know, in LA, you're like, you want people to just like to. You're not out. selling you Texas to me today. I got to tell you, I'm not trying to. I, obviously, <laughs> some legislation has been going down, and I'm not, I don't like it. But um, yeah, yeah nah, I just want to. Yeah, right. Anyway, yeah. So it's this is one of those things where it's kind of like, yeah, he's in a place where he'll get the most attention for doing something like this. Um, I just didn't know why Larry felt so compelled to see this through. Like, what he says, he's a decent Klansman. He felt he seemed like a decent Klansman. What does that mean, Larry? Yeah. <laughs> so Some of them are good people, right? We've heard that before. <laughs> good people on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so, um, yeah, so we head on over to the dry cleaners. Yeah, he's seen this through. Uh, now, now, Av, so, as yeah. soon as we walk in the laundromat, I don't know if you noticed there's a mezuzah on the door. Did no, you see I that? Oh, and then I did you see the JNF push out of the counter? I mean, it that, ends up being that, part yes, of the scene. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. That I eventually now, saw. Now, then I have another question. Do you recognize the laundromat, the, the, the man working behind the counter? Yes, he was. Uh, his name is David Weisenberg. Yes. And he played Cheryl's lawyer in the divorce. Yes. I mean, not only that, but he was it was a pretty critical part of the story that Larry, you know, Larry, of course, wanted himself to wanted a Jewish lawyer for himself, not a Gentile lawyer. And then he meets Cheryl's lawyer and he offended. He was offended by Cheryl's lawyer representing him, this David Weisenberg, and said, you have to recuse yourself because you're a member of not the tribe, of course, but a member of the bald brotherhood. And Larry said the bald can't uh, be representing the counter party to the bald. That was a <laughs> that was a violation of bald code, Larry said. Um but yeah, so I, David Weisenberg, can I read you off a list of the roles that he has played on IMDb? Sure. I read this to you on the last podcast. But yes. We share it again. Was that for Dan Jablons, perhaps? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Dan Jablons, who played Hiram Katz, Esquire. David Weisenberg, let's just let's see if he has a similar stereotype of the kind of <laughs> roles that he plays. So the, the most he has dry cleaner on career enthusiasm. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, now we have lawyer number two, Rabbi Goldfarb, dermatologist, 
Dr. Robert Weinberg, defense attorney, lawyer, Dr. Haskell, Saul Perlmutter, Dr. Goldblatt, bank director, leader of sex addicts meetings. Um, so a little twist there. Uh, then we have anesthesiologist, lawyer, Mr. Spiegelman, Hanukkah Harry, rabbi, Mort Alvinson, finance guy, Dr. Goldblatt. Finance this is, guy. Yeah, finance. Dr. Goldblatt, this is the second different Dr. Goldblatt, different character, different show, same name. We have Banker, we have OBGYN, we have Ira Goldberg, and we have Uncle Larry. No, Uncle Mo, though. So <laughs> do you think David Weisberg has a type? <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Let's do the same thing for JB Smooth. Yeah. Uh, Julius Lindell, the mechanic, Julius Dale, Angelo, Ron Edwards, Lonnie, not one doctor, dermatologist, leader of nothing, Sal yeah. the Demon, Silk Jasper. Like this, that that it must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> it must be nice. Yeah, Hollywood really uh, not trying to uh, bend over to uh, be too flexible for a lot of these people. <laughs> No. Now, I wonder, this is at least the second um, Jewish laundromat in L.A. because, of course, we had the previous one where we had the Orthodox Jew um, who, of course, Anna, who Larry was trying to sleep with. Uh, have you ever met a Jewish laundromat uh, uh, employee in America? I don't think I have. Um, yeah, I have. Oh, OK. Um, uh, some Israelis, some Russians. Oh, I see a lot of Asian Americans where I go usually. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the dry cleaner that is closest to my house is owned by an Israeli. Oh, okay. But these are sort of a uh, white, uh, very, very white American Ashkenazi Jews that we, in the both, both cases in curb. Um, yeah. Do you have any of that flavor of Jew in your laundromat experience? No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so I do have a question. So this was Cheryl's lawyer. Yes. And now he's working at the dry cleaner. Now, listen, he, Chappelle, it's the truth of every lawyer race? to retire and go work. <laughs> open up. Maybe a it's like yeah. a it's like a Walter White thing. Right. Yeah. Like this is a front because yeah. I'm like, listen, I, I, listen, if you want to own a laundromat five, but to be working there at the dry cleaner, like in the front of it, it's like, yeah, you yeah. can hire I mean, anybody for this. Clearly, the lawyer is a lawyer for the mob, and he also operates <laughs> a laundromat on the side, so which he uses to um. What's the word? Launder the money. Oh, it's actual laundromat. Okay. It's, all, it's so obvious they'll never suspect it. It's right there. It, yeah. It's an actual laundromat or dry cleaner. Same thing, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm surprised we didn't go, he didn't uh, go to Anna since there was a previous storyline specifically with Anna and his sheets. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless. Well, I mean, I, I think the reason, right, is because, well, first of all, things ended very poorly there when he showed up with the, uh, with the uh, with the sheet with the hole cut through it, right? Right, right. Yeah. Gina, like he that. later he later brings her his cum blanket. Yes, and also what? Gina Gershon might just not be available. That's also possible. Yeah, that's right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but we also don't even get Shlomo. Well, when Shlomo yeah. found out the lyrics trying to fuck his wife, that might have had an impact on their relationship. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, listen. It's very well known that uh, <laughs> we are not responsible yeah. for lost and stolen items, and if you try and fuck our wife, don't bring your sheets here anymore. So yeah. Schlobel's a schmuck. Yeah. Um, How about don't give my wife your cum blanket? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, we're just going to well, breeze past that. Well, she's a dry cleaner. I mean, some things you just have to. You just you have gotta to wash, you have to wash yourself. yourself. Yeah. You, you, you wash yourself or you throw it out. Yeah. You, you rinse it or something. You don't I mean, need some brick hard uh, <laughs> yeah. towel. Like, 
the hell? Listen, let's, we, I'm sure we've all been in this scenario in like a hotel room where like you really try and like fold up like one sheet in the other ones because you don't want to look at the person cleaning. You wrap it all in the towels. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. Bad. It's, uh, like, listen, yeah, just throw it in a corner. Like, yeah, just grab exactly. the whole pile. Yeah, exactly. Which is what Larry tries here, by the way. He says to the guy, he's like, hey, don't look at it, just throw it in the pile. <laughs> right. He's like, hopefully the guy won't notice that it's a clan's room. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he won't, he won't ever look at it. It'll yeah. Be too late. I feel like there was a way to get by. You say to him, hey, this is a historical thing or it's like I'm doing it for like Mm -hmm. a play. I'm a Hollywood actor. There's some explanation. Yeah. Don't try and sneak it by. Take it or don't take it to a Jewish laundromat. Take it to some laundromat who's like, yeah, not asking questions. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) I mean, this is a good point. I mean, you walk in, you see like what you say was on the door and then you see like you see the little like the money donation thing. You just turn around and walk out. That's it. You're like, oh, wrong place. Sorry. Uh, You know, you go down the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bad decisions all around. Yeah, I mean, I would I would venture to say most dry cleaners would be like anti Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, I, I'm as not well. sure if there's a, a well. I don't think there's any pro, but I think there's a lot where they just don't. It's no questions asked because they get they must get really weird stains. I'm sure they get blood stains. I'm sure they get cum stains. Like I think part of the dry there's like dry cleaner uh, cleany uh, confidentiality, right? Like it's don't ask, don't tell. I would, I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. But there, there, there's probably no pro hate of yeah. oh, dry cleaner. So somebody's going to look at you crazy in either one. It's, it's, it's like me with the watermelon again. Like, I, yeah. I don't like eating watermelon in front of anybody, but I'll make some allowances. It's like, OK, one of my Mexican friends, I'll, I'll be OK. You know, like, I'm just not doing this in front of white people. I'm sorry. So there's yeah. you're saying L.A. does not have any uh, laundromats that have a, a sign in the window that says, uh, you know, uh, you know, shirts, two fifty pants, five dollars, clan robes, ten bucks. Right, not on the it list. Needs to be, yeah. yeah, more expensive than that, probably. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's interesting. I do. I recall um, after um, the January sixth uh, stuff, um, there was a. I think I was with uh, Tanahasi Coates. I heard an interview, and somebody was asking him about like to comment on the fact that like the weird ways in which many of those people were like dressed up, like in costume. And like how like everyone was like was like very surprised by that and was like that was like very fascinating to people like what was like the deal with that that it was like so silly and he's like well what are you talking about like this is what they've always been doing like the clan wore these like silly white robes and there's like an interesting like element to it where it's like the people who are doing it to like to some extent they think they're play acting but like no you're really just doing it and like. I don't, I, I don't know quite what, what, what they're trying to get at there, but I think there's like something interesting in that, like there's this element of just like theater to it and like exposing the silliness of it and, and like weaponizing that against hate and just like shit, like pointing out how like, like how silly and ridiculous this is. Like, why would you want to be a part of this? In addition to it, like obviously it's like horrible and immoral, but it's also like, you look like such a dumbass wearing like these like stupid <laughs> robes, like a sissy, like, what are you doing? No, Isn't it part of... I always, I, I almost thought it was sort of the opposite. It was like they almost do it. It's the sort of thing with like these racist memes. They do it so that they can claim if they need to. Oh no, we're not really mean. Like we're not really bigots. We're just joking. And like you know, like these libs are so sensitive. And I thought it was sort of like they do it as a defense mechanism so that they really mean what they're saying, but they can sort of jump backwards and say, oh no, I'm just joking. If they get accused of like, mm-hmm. it's like it's a satire, it's tongue in cheek. Yeah, it's, you know, you gotta stop snowflakes, blah blah. Like just punch them, <laughs> just punch them regardless. And figure out everything else later. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's fine with me. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, so you know, we gotta go to synagogue, don't we? Yeah, 
So, um, well, first he, first he asked let, let the dry cleaner if he knows anybody with a cow. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, okay. So, oh, yeah, here we have like that. Uh, we see the JNF uh, Sadaka box and yeah. Larry's like, I don't have any change. He's like, well, you, could, you know, you could put in a bill. And yeah. Larry just leaves. Yeah. He's like, it doesn't fit. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. So we head on to synagogue. And- anyway, I feel like when I was a kid, those charity boxes, the the slit was much narrower. It was really designed for coins. And I feel like they've gotten wider now as I'm an adult so that they can more easily accommodate the bills. Maybe that's inflation at yeah. work. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, if you if you look carefully, there's going to be like that little credit card reader now with the little chip. Like, you're just oh, yeah. oh, they don't even go with just yeah. the coin boxes anymore. You're saying, yeah, we're oh, over that. It's 2021. Yeah. We're moving yeah, forward. That's true. Yeah. All right. So uh, can, can we can we go to synagogue and discuss what's going on here? Yeah. So the rabbi is giving his sermon. Well, 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 first of all, before that, yeah. I'm last time that we saw Larry um, at synagogue on Rosh Hashanah on the on the new year on the high holidays. He was wearing a suit and tie. Everyone was wearing a suit and tie. Cheryl was wearing. Everyone's wearing big fancy hats and all that. Now everyone's wearing super cash. Uh, no one's wearing a talus. This must be like a very progressive casual synagogue. This is the second holiest day of the year. Yeah, this is pretty laid back. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't like care. A, like, just, a, like a like a daytime, like just like a like a casual like meet and greet almost. You yeah. know, no one was dressed up at all. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah, what I what I was discussing with Alex earlier that what's what's a complete like random coincidence, but also like a crazy tie into this episode is that in a more traditional Orthodox uh, synagogue, what you would see many of the men wearing on this day of the calendar is white robes. That's like the garment that Jews wear on the high holidays. So it's a very like, different white robe than the Clanzard robe. To be <laughs> yes. yes. No, it's not exactly the same, but it's like but it's the like point is white... there's an opportunity for sort of comedy of mixing and matching. But Larry's not religious enough to even know about that. I right. Think. That's what right. I thought that was interesting. That, right. Yeah. That, that would be like even too inside baseball for a curb. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, I, like... I don't think too many reformed Jews know what a Kitzel is for sure. Not. Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't think so. Um, yeah. Although I, I never know. Um, but yeah, so we were we were going to consider wearing our kittles on the podcast, but we thought you might, uh, you know, be confused. <laughs> I've been a bit nervous to get on the video. <laughs> oh, no, I'm definitely going to screenshot it first before yeah. I go. <laughs> Make no mistake. Uh, but, but I was confused by this whole scene because because they're not wearing like anything close to formal clothes and they're cursing each other out at some points i'm gonna i was like this is the most casual uh religious service i've ever seen in my life like for somebody just start, turn around just start dropping the f-bomb i was like yeah. uh, the, <laughs> i will say a the, big difference between there. a big difference between synagogues and churches is church and obviously there's many denominations and everything mm. of both judaism and christianity so not everything's the same and don't come at me but like Synagogue tends to be a less formal affair than church in general. Mm. That having been said, you can whisper one or two lines during the rabbi's sermon. You can't go and carry on a whole conversation. People would shush you and yell at you pretty quickly. Yeah, but oh, that's what cursing. happens. Yeah, yeah, but it was kind of like as a respect thing. You don't talk while other people talking, but I mean, you drop an f bomb. That's eliciting yeah. like me. I'm a, I'm going to turn around. I'm yeah. I'm going to be in your whole conversation once you start talking like that. So you yeah. got this is not distracting anyone. I, I was that's why I was kind of surprised when y'all said it was such a big deal that day because I'm like, okay, if Russia Shana, this is a big deal. Why can't you just pit, like stop cursing for like yeah. five minutes until <laughs> you get outside? I don't understand. Well, Larry's here under protest anyway. And and, and last time we saw him in synagogue, it was on Russia Shana, and he got thrown out by the bouncer actually. Okay. So, well, which so actually is why you think he'd want to be more careful. Although maybe he wants to be thrown out, probably. Yeah, he, he wants to be banned for life. Yeah. Like he never wants to go yeah. back to uh, synagogue ever again. <laughs> yeah. Dropping F-bombs on Rosh Hashanah is a good way to get banned, I would think. 
I would think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. you know, st- stuff like this goes on. People talk in shul. Yeah. But okay. yes, but not not during the sermon. I feel like during, uh, you know, louder portions and also right. not not the things that Larry's talking about so loudly. But whatever. <laughs> um, here's yeah. my other question. So the rabbi, have, I'm sure you picked up on this. Uh, when he's calling out the 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 blows of the shofar, he says yes. Shavarim Trura, which is supposed to be uh, a three medium blows followed by a bunch of staccato fast blows, and the Baltokea blows a Takia Gadola in, instead. Yeah, completely wrong. Yes. Um, this the, is inside uh, baseball. <laughs> yes, quite. So yeah, we're I not even explaining it to. It's not worth it. I won't. I won't oh, get no, into. <laughs> I won't get into wa- into my whole rant about why we say it's a hundred when really it's ninety. But we'll, we'll save that for a different podcast. Yeah. Well, I just want to know why. Why? why we'll say it for it's another not, podcast. It's not, it's not. I just would like to know why they got this wrong, though. Like, if you're saying it was very obviously not oh. the right. Uh, like, so there's three. Really, there's there's three like different kinds of blasts. There's three different kinds of blasts. Oh, why did they do it wrong? Because Larry and the yeah. people and the actors don't know the difference. That's what I was saying. Like they, they. I mean, you wouldn't even just like you don't have to have that 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 line in the in the show sure, if you're yeah. not gonna like well, so, you can just so skip it. This goes to what we were talking about before in Palestine and Chicken. So in Palestine and Chicken, there's a scene where Marty Funkhauser, Vince Vaughn's uncle, whatever he is, becomes very religious and insists on saying blessings and grace like before the meal. And he's and and while they're filming the scene, uh, Marty Funk um, Marty Funkhauser, Larry David, or, or um, Super Dave, uh, Super Dave Osborne. Jeff Garland, Larry Day, like every actor in the scene, Susie Essman is Jewish. None of them knew the words to the prayer that he was going to say. And so Shara, um, what's the actress's name? I forgot off. She was on our podcast. I should know. And Betty. Yeah. And Betty and not Jewish. Um, who, an actress in another scene in the episode was watching and knew it and told them. So the answer is just because they said, hey, just say some words that sound like Rosh Hashanah words, I think. Right. Like they had. They had yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, like in a like, in a broad sense, they're like very matter. close. Yeah, it doesn't correct. Matter. Like they're like the number know. of viewers who notice and care. Me and Av and a few of our nerdy Jewish friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, how was your show for blowing? Uh, non-existent. Mm. I'm Larry. I'm Larry at the beginning of the episode. Yes, <laughs> um, but I'm sure you've tried before, right? I've tried, and I've always produced what Larry at the beginning of the episode. Yes, we will. Larry will blow a beautiful Takia Shavarim Takia at the end of the episode. He does, what he does at the end is beautiful. Yes, very nicely done. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess that it wasn't him. But, yeah, maybe <laughs> I'm wrong. Yeah, and we do know, by the way, in LA that it's known that they hand out shofars, right? Because uh, Berg, the Swede lawyer, he had one in his office also. <laughs> right. So people uh, just hand out shofars left and right. I've never seen a chauffeur just hand it out to a congregant at the end of services, but what do I know? Yeah, so um, the whole subject of Heidi and the Pirates booty comes up and um, Larry's like, you know, I'm very concerned, um, you know, about the situation and, you know, like, I know what happened. Like, I saw it. I'm the one who picked it up. And, you know, it's, um, you know, it really calls into question, like, her whole character. Um, I don't like the implications of this. Um, Again, I complained about this earlier, but the relationship between Larry and Freddie doesn't justify this uh, this conversation. Yeah, in my yeah. opinion. Um, so Susie, like, yeah, so, so Susie jumps in. Um, <laughs> they ask her if she likes Pirates. But Sue's correct. Pirates Woody's terrible. We covered this earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, they have a whole discussion about chips versus this versus that. Whatever. All right. I like chips. Chips are the best. I think. Yeah. Chips are very safe. Um, okay, so that the service ends, question uh, and, for both uh, Chappelle and Av: Are Pringles mm-hmm. chips or are they own category? Chips. They are chips. Yeah, those are chips. Yeah. Okay, because I like would... a lower tier chip though. If they're you I know like, if they're 
I always yeah. thought they were chips. And then I mentioned this in passing. I was just like, oh, what kind of chips do I want Pringles? And I was this person said to me, no, I, chips and Pringles are two totally different things. And I thought that uh, they, they were the crazy one. So, yeah, and they thought I was yeah. a crazy one. So I'm glad you guys on my side. They're just like there's there's nothing different about them from chips. They're like Lay's. It's a brand of chips. Yeah. They're just they, like they have good branding. They come in a tube. You know, yeah. But yes. yeah. put them in a bag and they're no, they're no different. Than I think. Chip. I mean, I yeah. haven't yeah. studied the ingredients, but they. they OK, good. So I'm not the crazy one here. Are they made yeah. from potatoes? It's just Probably. it's just a lower tier chip though, like you yeah. know, like it. it yeah, yeah. Like I'm not even talking about the quality. I'm just talking about the the, the yeah. category. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're eating Pringles, you don't tell somebody you're eating chips. You say Pringles because you need them to know you're eating a lesser chip. You know, like oh, like see. I'm slumming it today. Uh. You know. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's true, but I mean that's just branding, right? Like if somebody asked me what are you eating, I would say I'm eating Pringles. I wouldn't say chips. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't think that makes it its own category of food. <laughs> no quality makes it a lesser i'm sorry you know what it is with but, yeah. with with pringles like their flavors are always too strong yeah, yeah they're not like, subtle my kids like them i think that's why. yeah so i think i liked them as a kid and then like as i've gotten older just let's like their sour cream and onion is like too oniony and the barbecue it's like and then like you get too much of like the flaky red all over your like it's it's not worth it like i you know there's better barbecue chips than pringles and there's better sour cream and onion they're just Hell like yeah. yeah they're just like mediocre chips yeah okay all right um okay this, oh by the way uh is it time for the ad read today's episode was brought to you by pringles <laughs> <laughs> no, but we said try our new sour cream and onion and barbecue flavors they are the yeah, best not too there's, oniony and not too barbecue they're 60 as good at lays for double the price but that might be what's there so you'll have it you could you could say packaging so. is a big advantage it's a branding thing yes. also you know packaging don't go, is that, you don't packaging. need to find a way to reseal it because it comes with the little top yeah that is true yeah. Um. And it's weird that like more things at this point are not sold that way. The fact that you still like you buy a bag of chips and you open it and now it's just like you're fucked. Yeah. You like, need a second. Like, yeah. It's like you either eat them all or like the chips are stale now. And like that cereal still come is like sold as it's we put it in a plastic bag and then we take that plastic not resealable bag and put it inside a paper box. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. how we sell a cereal to you. It's true. That's crazy. Then, like. Uh, it's, the off-brand cereal, we don't even bother to put it in a box. We just put it in a bag at the bottom shelf. You know? yeah. <laughs> it should come in like one of those, like, you know how you get when you get like craisins? Like it comes yeah. with like a slide. You can slip it back. Yeah, you can close it. Like by yeah. now you would think you want to save and preserve this stuff. But then, you know, how is big cereal going to keep making money off? Like, yeah. you know. So some cereals do come in those. My uh, really? my my granola that I was eating the other day, but Ob says that's not that's not cereal. He's on the other not side cereal. of the Pringles uh, chips debate there. So yeah, a separate food. Yeah, <laughs> it's its own I category think, of food. Just yeah. just granola. I think granola and Pringles <laughs> is one is one category by itself. Right, it's one category. Yeah, yeah, it's the same category. <laughs> and porridge. I don't even know porridge. porridge. What's the difference between porridge and oatmeal? Isn't it just a different word for the same thing? Oh, it could be. Uh, yeah, is it? Is it? Yeah, I, th- yeah, I, don't I think know. it is. I don't, I don't know. know. There, might, there might be some subtle was, difference. Porridge is more like grits. Or is grits not? Or is grits, like grits, a, is, or is grits its own thing? These are probably all I mean, similar think, things that are different and subtle. I'm sure there's slight differences. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, one is corn and, and uh, one right. is like oat, you know? So, oh, yeah. okay, so fine. Yeah, a, it's a different so those grain. Are, those Fair. Are, but they're yeah. like, you know, it's like rice and quinoa and arrow you know it's all the same category right yeah they're similar yeah. enough to each other <laughs> they're all yeah. pringles yeah <laughs> right. okay yeah. pringles is its own thing though <laughs> <laughs> um i was looking for something to uh dip into guacamole tonight and we had like no chips or no pita chips or no like anything close i could find in my house and i thought 
we had like some hard tackle shells. And for a split second, I thought, do I break these up and do that? Or no, I can't. I can't. I'm an adult. I can't do that. Right. As a 38 year old man. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. I almost did it. Though. I done it. I was. I would have done it. I probably would. I was. I would have tweeted about not doing it. Like I'm too old for this, and then I would have done it. In That's a pretty good move. Um. Okay. So Larry and Leon are at the grocery store, and they're going to try to buy some watermelon. But first, um, the register, uh, the register, uh, the cashier, uh, she's like, "How's your day? Hey, what do you have any plans?" And Larry's like, "Oh, I'm actually going to get my leg amputated later." And she's like, "Oh, good luck. That's great." Uh, obviously just, you know, blurting out the most ridiculous thing there. Uh, the cashier is like, um, you know, scanning the items and Larry's like, all right, Leon, you can do this. And Leon like, you know, goes into the, the shopping cart and takes out the watermelon and throws it onto the, onto the conveyor belt. And he nervously says, I would like to buy this watermelon. And Larry's like, come on, you could do it. Be more confident. And like, he gets louder. And- By the way, you don't need to announce what you're buying. You just put it on the conveyor belt. <laughs> <and you're buying. laughs> I would like to buy this cereal. Yeah. I would like to buy <laughs> these, to buy these spoons. <laughs> yeah, this is this box of spoons. I would like to buy this milk. <laughs> Listen, uh, it's it's about Leon owning it and being proud. So yeah, correct. Um, and it's at this point that Lowry begins to make a scene. How there should be no shame in a black man buying a watermelon, and he put he points to another black man in the store. It's like you, sir. Do you Always a great a move. Yeah, yeah. He's befriending classmen and pointing out black people. <laughs> and the guy at first, he's like, "Hey, listen, man, like, I don't want to get involved. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be in trouble. <laughs> I don't want to in trouble. Like, I don't want to speak out on this controversial topic." <laughs> and he's like, he pushing up to the limit. And he's like, "Answer the question. You know, you do." He's like, I do. I really like watermelon. <laughs> and he encourages him to grab a watermelon. If the guy does. Uh, on and- my first watch, I'm just like gritting. I'm like really like so nervous watching this entire scene. Yeah. Uh, and Larry's like, you know what else? I like a filter fish. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, in fact, I think I'm going to go home and smear some cream cheese on the filter fish, which no one has ever done. And on a bagel. Is. Yes. This is. The most insane thing ever. No one in the history of the world has put a piece of gefilte fish on a bagel with cream cheese. And Larry knows this. Like, th- these are his foods. He could have said lox. He could have said herring, which he later says. It just, it's, it seems like a slip that somehow the editors, like, forgot to take out. It makes no sense. Yeah, you know, he's just, like, using some buzzwords. Yeah. They I mean, care. sort of like uh, Kramer does when he talks about the Tzimis and the latkes, you know, at, at Lomas' um, uh, sing- Jewish uh, singles event. Yeah, I'm sure you saw the uh, yes, Yiddish version Yiddish. of that yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. circulating today. That was very funny. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so did, I, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Just, yes. I was, I, no, I was watching this and I'm like, okay, you know, putting my brilliant brain to work. I'm sitting here like, okay, this must be like an equivalent from like watermelon to gefilte fish because I'm, I have no insight. So yeah. It's like, I like gefilte fish. And I'm like, well, that's good for you. But we're talking about this <laughs> damn watermelon right now. But by the end of the... No, but you're right. But like, it's oh, like, we, okay, it's he's like, doing Jewish things, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm supposed to assume this. So but I it's like it we said at the top of the episode, the difference is like watermelon is like a universal food that was given racial connotations to be attached to black people. Bagels right. and gefilte mm-hmm. fish are Jewish invention, like like traditional Jewish foods that like don't have any negative connotation. Oh, they have a positive connotation. I mean, if you hate Jews, no. you might hate bagels, but no Jew dislikes bagels. Like, yeah, like, no bagels for sure. Do. Gefilte fish has no connotation. Like nobody eats gefilte fish. Who isn't? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, it's a Jewish food, right? But meaning like everybody eats bagels. Only, yeah. Like, 
Yeah, no, but I'm saying, but these are, but these are expressed, but it's, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's not at like all comparable. <laughs> yeah, it's right. not at all comparable to watermelon no, like or, a, like or fried chicken. A regular, or... a regular supermarket, like outside New York, wouldn't sell the filter fish. Like you, it's I've like, literally it's, never seen it. I'm yeah, going to actually like, disagree with you, Av. I've been like, when you go to like random parts of the country where like, there's like the kosher aisle has like two items in it. It's always matzah and gefilte fish in a okay. jar. <laughs> it's gross. You're assuming that every, not every supermarket has a kosher section. Sure. Yeah. No, but I'm talking, I've been in like really rural places and they have like two kosher items in the store. I'm just saying, if you have right. any kosher items in your store, gefilte fish is going to be one. Right. Like you might, someone might tell you, oh, there's like one store in the state that like, yeah. it's, yeah. But yeah, but nobody's eating gefilte. Yeah. Gefilte fish is gross. Yeah. It's I not mean, like no, you can make good gefilte fish. The jarred stuff you get at the grocery right. store is disgusting. Correct. Well, that sounds gross. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I think I, yeah, I, I think this would I be like more equivalent. I think a filter fish and, and, and bagels and locks and all the examples Larry gives would be more equivalent to like soul food in that it's sort of like culturally uh-huh. seen as like the culture of Jewish food or the culture of black food, but it's not inherent like it's not inherently sort of it doesn't have like a negative like historical connection, right? You know what I mean? The way like the watermelon right. does. Yeah, I mean so I, I certainly yeah. Don't have any negative. I love all those foods. I yeah. proudly eat those delicious foods. Like I don't have any like <laughs> hang up with it. And that's uh yeah, they, I don't think there is a negative association. I mean, it's just like they're associated with Jewish people, but I don't think in any sort of negative way. Dur- during your first yeah. watch of this scene, when he started yelling at the other black guy in line, like d- I-, I immediately thought, oh, the Klansman's gonna walk in the door right now. Like I thought there was gonna be some connection to that angle of the story. And they don't was, really was, cross directly, do they? Like the watermelon mm-hmm. thing and the Klansman thing are two like racist things, but they never the two scenes never come together. Right. Right. And I felt like, you know, like, like I said, I've seen a few episodes of Seinfeld by now, but like I really feel like that's something that they would have done in Seinfeld. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, not only was he talking to the black man about the watermelon, but at that exact moment, like he drops the robe, you know, it falls. Uh, yeah, out of his exactly. Bag or something yes. Like that. Yes. Yeah, that's so what I, I thought was kind of waiting happen. on that moment, too. You know, where it's like right. it all comes together and everybody's like, you're the racist, you know, because you have this you know, robe and you've been yelling about black people and watermelons. That's why that's where I thought this was going. Yeah, I mean, Larry David spends a ridiculous amount of time this episode walking around holding a Klansman robe and not getting not any negative. Of, yeah. and not getting caught with it. <laughs> now, Av, we I just thought of this now. I didn't think of it in the same not in my notes, but this is the second time and not to compare the two, obviously, at all, just like we're not comparing a Kittle to a clan robe. But this is the second time that we've seen a robe uh, from a different uh, not Jewish culture, let's say, uh, go to the dry cleaner, right? Because we had Habush, who uh, Habush is a uh, Islamic fundamentalist woman who Larry sets up with his his blind friend on a date because uh, just to explain to Chappelle, so Larry has a friend who's blind and he doesn't like the fact that other people can see what his girlfriend looks like and he can't. So Larry has the idea you should date a very religious Muslim woman who nobody can see what she looks like because she's... <laughs> And so he sets him up on a date, but he accidentally ruins um, because she's walking in the rain or something. He, her, um, her, her black uh, robes get ruined. And so Larry takes them to the dry cleaner for her. And then before he's returned them, it's Halloween and his wife's uh, Halloween costume is too sexy. And uh, Jeff is eyeing his wife and he feels uncomfortable. So he forces his wife to dress as, <laughs> as an Islamic fundamentalist for Halloween. Anyway, the uh, point is, we've previously had experience with Larry taking a, a long uh, mono, monochromatic robes to uh, the dry cleaner. <laughs> He doesn't learn his lesson, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So we head back to the dry cleaner and the guy's like, oh, 
like, oh, do you have a ticket? Oh, I can't find it. Oh, well, if, you, if, you, had a, if you had a ticket, maybe there's something we could do. I like how he says, listen, I'm a member of an inferior race, so I forget yeah. how to do things sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Larry calls bullshit right away, but the yeah. guy's just like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're fucked. I lost your own on purpose. Um, and he's like, and La- this is Larry. like says like, um, he's like, yo, you said it shouldn't be a big deal because like he's a decent clansman, right? <laughs> and Larry's like, yeah, but he's still a clansman. <laughs> Um, I think my favorite line was like when he's like, "You just can't go to the Walmart and just buy a robe." Like, yeah. I love that when he goes, we because he goes, of course, to tell the Klansman, like, "Hey, I don't got it." You know, yeah. what I'm saying like, "I don't know what to tell you." He's like, "Can't you just go to Walmart?" I'm like, if they have Klansman robes at Walmart, it's a problem. Yeah. Where, by where, the way, which you're Walmart right. The, you raise a good point, Paul, because he he says, "Oh, I've never had a custom robe before." Like. These robes are all custom. You can't get them. Right. You got to make it yourself. Someone's they ain't selling these. these at the store. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, somebody's, so at least at the very least, somebody is sewing, you know, these badges and stuff on there. Because yeah, I'm sense. not going to Google it. I, I bet you could probably find them online and buy them online. I don't wow. want that in my search history, but I'm just going to make that assumption. It's available. I'll Google it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and it's and it it is interesting because there is also um, the trope of like the like the decent Nazi, like in in like Holocaust fiction. Um, uh, like there's always like there's very overrepresentative the like the sympathetic guard or like you know the most you know decorated Holocaust movie all of all time is Schindler's List is about you know the guy in the, like the Nazi cop. Well, same thing with like white savior complex. For in, sure, like, in black no, yes. also yeah. It's a similar thing. So it's yeah. like I think you know the, the, the audience the can't identify with the minority unless there's the majority person who's the good guy basically. I'm saying like yeah I got your back. It's like thank yeah. you. <laughs> Why didn't you speak up when they were doing this to us? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but so this Klansman just happens to live right outside L.A. and have a farm with a cow. So this is why it pays to be friendly to any Klansman you come across, because they might help you in a lie. Yeah. And the uh, <laughs> is the lesson of this episode. <laughs> the dry cleaner delivers a, a classic Seinfeld line when uh, he tells him, you know, this is terrible. Now he won't have his uh, robes in time for the rally. And he says, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we head to Klansman Joe's house. Uh, Larry's so sorry. Um, uh, Klansman Joe obviously is very upset. You don't really want to get a Klansman upset. Um, and you know, Joe's like, How are you gonna fix the situation? Like, I can't just go to Walmart and buy a Klansman robe anymore. Um, and Larry's like, You know, I have this idea. Uh, my friend Susie, she owes me a favor. She's great at, you know, sewing things. Maybe she can make you a row. I mean, it'll, it'll take a little convincing, <laughs> but like, believe me, she's so good at this. Like, you are going to be the envy of all the clansmen. You're going to be the most popular one among them. You you might even be invited to the Grand Wizard's house for dinner. This robe <laughs> is going to be so great. And it's like, oh, I would, I, I always have like, would have liked to be, you know, invited <laughs> to the Grand Wizard's house. That does sound nice. That is, you know, every man's dream. Yeah, does not sound like a great day for me. Um, yeah. So it turns out he has a cow. We hear the moo, and Larry's like, hmm, maybe you could do a favor for me. So everyone's uh, that day is today. Yeah, yeah, where everyone's paying it forward or collecting it forward. I think it's going backwards, but yeah. <laughs> Well, it's it's weird though because Woody Harrelson's whole thing is that he wants a cruelty-free cow, and you go get one owned by a Nazi. I just feel like <laughs> a, a misstep, you know. Like, are you sure this is the this is? Well, like we have to discuss what does Woody know about Joe and when does he know it, right? Oh yeah, when does he figure it out? It's mm, yeah, it's okay. 
it's not clear to me like the only reference in front of Woody is at the end when um, when when he when he jokingly calls Larry he says oh this cheap two won't charge you for it and then Woody looks sort of weird for a second and Larry's like oh we joke like that and, and Woody's like what do you call him and he's like oh I call him a racist uh, cocksucker but it seems like they're still sort of joking around at that point and like yeah you know, I don't think I don't think Woody knows anything by the end. Well, until until Larry says, I think he's going to get a gun. Although you don't have to be racist to get a gun. Yeah. So I yeah. I think Woody I think Woody's just an asshole at the end. Like I don't think he's yeah. like thinks he's like sticking it to a racist. I think he's just being a jerk. Yeah, he's not being a Susie. He never figured it out. Yeah, you're right. He th- he thinks that uh, Joe does have pictures of Nancy Pelosi taped up to his <laughs> tractor. <laughs> Woke his yeah, farm in the valley. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so we head over to uh, Susie and Jeff's house and Larry's there and he's like, oh, you know, I'm not one for the pop in. She's like, you always pop in, which is true. Like, he's like, we're always yes. like, we're like, why is he at Jeff's house right now? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> hangs out at Jeff's house in the middle of the day during the week. Um, and, you know, Larry's like, oh, you know, that batter you made for the football game was so great. Um, not the football game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know well, you just read your notes. Now yeah. I know. Yeah. And well, you know, the fact that he calls it here is probably re- was what reinforced it for me. Yeah. But, you know, I just didn't remember the scene so well. Thanks for shaming me over and over again. Now you, I've been cream shamed. <laughs> I've been too shamed. <laughs> um, and, you know, and Ra- I was like, you know what? You, you were right. That rabbi, he really is so great. And like he, he made uh, he made Shul so much fun. Um, and he's like, you know, I was actually thinking maybe I could commission a project for you to make. And Susie's so flattered. She's like, oh, you know, it depends. Like, you know, I can't do everything. I'm not that good. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I need a particular type of robe. And he's like, you mean like a bathrobe? He's like, no, it's more like a sheet. And she's <laughs> like, is it for a man or is it for a woman? And he's like, a clansman. Yeah. No, he says a man. And Susie says, what, what kind of what man? Kind of a clansman. Yeah. Yeah. A clansman. She's like, what kind of clan? He's like, a, a Ku Klux Klansman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. She's in a little bit of disbelief. Now, this also, by the way, Susie's excitement to share with him reminds me of when Susie made those really ugly sweatshirts with the sequins. And Larry made fun of it and Susie hates him. And then when Larry comes back and needs one for Ben, he's all of a sudden he compliments it. She's so excited that Larry's being nice to her because he never is. I'm going to give it to you for free, honey. And it's sort of the same here. Oh, you want me to sell you something? I'll definitely sell you something. So she finds out what it is. And so here's a big question. Like, why? Like, on my first watch, I wrote in my notes, like, why the fuck does Susie agree to do this? Like, (laughs) golfing with the rabbi is not equivalent to knitting a robe for a a favor and a favor. It's like, it's like Hyatt used to have their, their, they had a very, they had a very stupid system for their like points, which was very beneficial. That you just got like free nights. Like, you didn't get like points that then converted. Like, they didn't have like tiers. They had tiers of hotels, but I would get like five free nights and you could use them at a category one or you could use them as a category seven. Like, so like I would just like always do Hyatt and always get like the best hotels for the same as the low the low hotels, which is very stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, but on my second watch, I have a very different perspective. On my second watch, we see a look on her face before she agrees, and I think she agrees because right at that spot, she's come up with the sabotage Jewish star idea. You think she's thinking oh. this far ahead? Yeah, I think I think so. it just there's no other logical reason why she would do it. I think. Right. She's not a Nazi. She's not a Nazi sympathizer. The favor she owes Larry is not nearly as big yeah. as I think immediately she comes up on the spot. Oh, I know what I'm going to do here. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I guess I've been waiting on that the whole episode. Right. Like, I thought the dry cleaner was going to do that. And yeah. I mean, to be fair, it did come up missing. But yeah, I think that 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 checks because I was thinking the same thing. Like, 
So you're just going to like I was already confused as to why Larry was even doing it. Right. Yeah. Like I, I was still shocked. It was like, why did you even think you were entitled, like, you know, required to do this? So when she did it, I was like, well, is everybody on this show just altruistic like that? <laughs> yeah. You ask them to do something stupid and they're like, OK, fine. Um, but yeah, now that you point that out, that this was, you know, probably the long con, I like it a little bit more. And I, I think it's a win-win for Susie because she doesn't know who's going to get, she doesn't know the Clansons just going to accept it without checking. Right. But uh-huh. she, either Larry will get screwed or the Clansons, but either way, it's a win for Susie because she hates both of them. And she hates Larry for trying to help out a Clansman. So I think, I think right on the spot, she comes up with the idea. And that's also the only way to justify or explain her agreeing to do it, I think, because otherwise it just yeah. doesn't make sense. I think that works. I, I, you, you sold yeah. me. Um, he does tell her that, you know, by the way, like no need to do a pointy hat because that didn't get coffee on it. Um, and like, don't make the sleeves too floppy because they can get burnt when they're lighting their torches. Yeah. <laughs> now, how should I mean, this is really nitpicking, but she, she hasn't measured the guy. She does his measurements. How is she going to make a custom job? This, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with this, with the story. Yeah, I, I think I can estimate it. All, all Klansmen, I'll say, are between uh, five, seven and six, one and between one hundred and eighty and four hundred pounds. <laughs> So, you know, like just a, round a up one size. Yeah. Fit all one size fits all. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're the, uh, what do they call him? The grand wizard. Then he gets the custom job also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Don't make this lease too, too floppy. It's so weird. It's so funny <laughs> because it's like, like yeah, why well, that burning crosses on people's yards? How about just make sure that they don't catch fire? Like Larry was going above and beyond. To yeah. Be hey, fire safety, fire safety. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're back at uh, back at Klansman Joe's cut the cow pen, and Larry and Woody and Klansman Joe are walking along the cow pen. Uh, we we're pretending that's really Larry's farm, and he you know brings him to meet Jesse. And Woody pets the cow, and he's like, Oh, did you you know, do you ever milk her? Like, why don't you milk her? Why do you milk the cow right now? And Larry's like, Oh, well, you know, I have milky fingers for milking the cow so much in the past week that they get very stiff, so I can't milk right now. Um, Woody wants to know what the name of the calf is and Larry says it's Rebecca Um, and Woody's surprised that a male calf would have a female name and Larry explains that they're very woke farm so they just (laughs) you know you can name anyone anything Um, even cows very gender bendery Uh, (laughs) gender bendery I like that one gender bendery (laughs) yeah um, yeah, I mean, it's like Larry was not going to survive like even one more question. Yeah, no, it's like all, all he did is ask what's the name, and like he's already like showed that like he can't tell the difference between like a male and a female. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once you hit the um, the most progressive farm in the valley with like a uh, Nazi like Joe standing right there, <laughs> yeah, you have to kind of wonder like how much longer. Like if they ask me anything remotely political, like I think this is over. So, and why why is Klansman Joe so buddy buddy with Larry that he's sort of. He's like, all right, I'll let you do a favor. Oh, I get to meet Woody Harrelson. But why is he like so committed to the lie of, yeah, I'm a progressive? Like, what's in it for him at this point? He's getting his robe anyway, right? Yeah. That doesn't say, I thought everybody in the show was acting like that. He's the like, nice, he, uh, is, he is the nicest Klansman around, I guess. He owns it. So. In, in this episode, everyone is very into honoring favors. Like, mm. I did you a favor. You're calling in the mm-hmm. favor. I have yep. to do it. That's, yep. you know, the ethos of this episode. To completion. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, you, you know, you, we have the line that you said before, where he offers him some apples. He says, "Don't worry, I won't, don't worry, I won't let the Jew charge you for him." And he's like, "What, is, what was that?" He's like, you know, Larry's like, oh, I call him racist cocksucker." That's how we joke with each other. 
Um, and Woody asks if Larry is going to pat, uh, you know, pat the cow goodbye, and he's like, "Nah, I'm just going to go eat lunch." No, oh, he's like, he's disgusted. No, I'm about to eat lunch. He's like, "Why would I touch an animal before I eat lunch?" Right, yeah, right. <laughs> it's uh, it's like last episode with with the dog. He's like, "Yeah, I couldn't say the name." You know, Larry will commit to the lie, but he's not going to do anything. He finds that distasteful. Befriending a Nazi, that's mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> Touching an animal, yeah, right? uh, can't do that. Ew, gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Touching an animal or overlooking a single morsel of pirate's booty. Yeah. <laughs> right. That too. Um, okay. So yeah. So we head uh we head over to Freddie and Heidi. They're having a you know meal together at the restaurant on a date. And Freddie, you know, it seems awkward, and Heidi can tell something's wrong. And he's like, So I heard from one of your patients that they saw you drop a pirate's booty at that you like made a decision to not pick it up and went on with your life. And she's like, who told you? And he's like, it's not important. She's like, that's the most important thing. And like, she basically bullies her, bullies him into telling her that, of course, it was Larry David. And she's like, Larry David, he can't even decide between one and two. What does he know? Um, I thought it would it would make more sense if she like went like to his vision rather than his decision making. No, she did. She calls him Mr. Magoo. That's his vision. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Magoo. And the yeah. she says he can't see. Two, that's that's see. why it's a cycle <laughs> reference. This guy's eating onions. He can't tell since he wanted to. He's blind as a bat. He can't see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought yeah, that's what he's going for. Yeah. You're right. I just don't understand. If, do you really bring this up? Is this really like a like a, a fence where you can get broken up with? Because like, <laughs> right. I mean, it's 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 pretty trash. Like, it's, it's not great. Right. It's not yeah, it's great. A, you did it right in front of me. Well, by the end what of the you- scene, though, she clearly shows that it was the right decision because she's like she's like a complete. Right. Crap. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I just don't know in the moment. Do you even bring it up? Like, there's such a uh, like a weird thing to say. Like, hey, my friend uh, saw you right. kick, uh, drop something on the ground one time. Like and one I piece it of food. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Also, we have to be honest here. Freddie Funkhauser has outkicked his coverage with Kaylee, uh, with uh, Heidi, the uh, the oh, yeah. uh, optometrist yeah. or ophthalmologist. Oh, I, I, yeah, it's not believable. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, she's a very attractive, has a steady job as an optometrist. He's like trying to like make some boutique hotel where he has Larry David curating the mini. Well, no, no, he is wealthy. He has all the mattress stores, right? Right. That's true. He's but still. Fine. Yeah. But she, yeah. Okay. I, I don't think she needs that, that funk money that bad, but I don't know. She's good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. So she uh, she has a complete meltdown, I would say. She starts, you know, throwing French fries all over the restaurant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Full Karen. Full yeah. Karen. At the yeah. Oh, that's the true. Yeah. Just showed her ass. So, yeah. It starts with one pirate's booty and it ends with a whole bunch of French fries on the yeah. restaurant floor on, on purpose. By the way, is it Jeremy? It freaked me out that like she grabs all the French fries and doesn't wipe her hands or wash her hands. And she's got grease. She just walks away. Yeah, gross. All right. Yeah. So we uh, we go back to Klansman Joe's. Mm. And um, they're walking out and Woody's like saying, you know, this was so great. I really enjoyed meeting you and this Klansman who I don't realize is a Klansman. Um, and, you know, we should really talk more about the show. And meanwhile, Woody is uh, did Larry. Did, do you think Larry said to Joe, hey, listen, really button up and don't say anything about, you know, your views on politics and race and whatnot. I mean, obviously, he's like, let's keep it. Let's keep it on the DL. That you're a clan. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never I've never spoken to a Klansman, but from the little I know, they don't seem like the kind of people who can keep it quiet about it for like an hour long. Uh, like, they would, like they would care. Right. Yeah. Like you tell them to keep it quiet. They're like, I'm a Klansman. By you the way, he would have a role. He would have a giant Confederate flag on his. I mean, I guess Larry had him take it down. Right. Probably has a, a yeah. MAGA flag and a Confederate flag flying somewhere, you know, all over. He's got, I don't know. Anyway, well, there are, I mean, there for sure are Klansmen who are only like secretly Klansmen. And, like, yeah, but this no guy ain't secret about it. 
This guy's going to rallies in downtown in L.A. With, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe, there's been, yeah, maybe he's not from L.A. Maybe there are people who go to rallies and then like in their pro- their plans are in their private life. I'm sure that's a lot of people. We, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. How yeah. bold you must be to literally walk around with your robe and in, 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 like in hand. Yeah. In downtown like, LA. Yeah. You, you were supposed to like vacuum seal that thing and like put it into like a tiny, <laughs> tiny compartment yeah. or something. You don't let somebody see you walking around with your hate robes on. What are you talking about? Yeah, be better, Klansman. Come on. <laughs> right. Completely disorganized. You don't need a secret Klansman. You put it up. Have some respect or something. Yeah. Put in the put in some efforts. What do who you know? What are we doing here? Right. Half assing. Like, y'all don't get punched enough in his shows. That's all I'm saying. Don't half ass be the Klansman. Uh, you know what? Half ass be the Klansman. Better than full assing be the Klansman. <laughs> they don't get punched. Yeah. I never <laughs> understood like these like political reporters on Twitter who would complain like Trump has like gone golfing 17 times this week. I'm like. So you want him to be presidenting more? Like, let him waste more time in his own like resorts. Like, that's much better than anything else he could be doing. Like, why are we complaining about yeah. that? I always felt really comfortable when uh, George Bush was at Camp David. I was like, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. we're good here. Yeah, hang out, go play golf. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so yeah, so he's uh, he's throwing grapes in the air and he's trying to catch them in his mouth and he misses one. Mm. Um and. Klansman shows like, hey, you dropped a grape. Can you pick it up, please? And he's like, yeah, it's just a grape. Uh, Klansman Joe is like not having it. He's like, mm. this is typical Hollywood leftist bullshit. Now, now <laughs> finally, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's seen enough. But um, now what he's like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, Larry, what's going, you know, help me out. And Larry's like, no, he's right. You should pick up the grape. You, dro- you threw a grape on the floor. You should pick it up. <laughs> yeah. And what he's like. Okay, fine. I'll pick it up. And he picks it up and he throws it down. And then he takes a bunch of his grapes and throws them all over the ground. He says, fuck this farm. Yeah. Fuck you guys. And fuck your show. And, and then the closet like, says, wait right there, please, there, while I get yeah. my gun. Yeah. Yeah. Right, while I go get no, my gun. No, no, no. It's even more, it's more <laughs> triggering to, to, to for me. It's just, stay right there, boy, is what he said. Uh, and I was like, yep, that's a Klansman. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that's what that was. Um, but I had to kind of agree with Woody Harrelson here. Like, I'm not an advocate for littering, and I definitely would have picked up the pirate's booty. But you drop a grape on the ground outside. I agree with you 100. percent This is yeah. not comparable like, to pirate's booty. Oh, I didn't say it's comparable, but like, it's still like his property. Like, it's like something you're outside. Like, yeah. It's a piece of fruit it, and the grass. Who it, cares? Well, yeah, it, he yells out, "It's biodegradable." And I'm like, "He's not wrong. It's not yeah. going to be there. Just give it a day or two. If it's um, on a floor, you know, tile, wood, whatever, that's one thing. But yeah, it yeah. seems like it's on grass outside or dirt or something. I don't yeah, know. It just kind of like, like rolled around the pavement. But I'm sure it's like a tiny bird will come eat this. Like this yeah. is not a big deal at all. I was. But if he asks you, you should probably do it. But it's a little yeah. Unnecessary. I mean, yeah. if I was like at somebody's like front yard and I dropped a grape and they're like, "Hey, yeah. you dropped a grape. Could you pick it up?" I wouldn't say, I "No, fuck you." It it's yeah. just a grape. sure. But you'd roll your eyes about them and complain to your wife later. Like, what kind of? Uh, you know? I guess. I oh know. yeah, I'm talking shit. I'm like, yeah. all right, I guess I I got it. I do love though as Woody runs away. He's like, Teddy was right about you. So did Ted Danson tell Woody Harrelson, "Be careful because Larry David befriends Nazis who are strict about cleanliness." <laughs> like, what did Ted Danson warn him exactly? <laughs> Uh, just that, like, he, yeah, he'll, he's an, he's asshole. an asshole. Yeah. He'll get you caught up in nonsense. Yes. Well, that, that's on the show, too. Yeah. Lead, lead me out to a Nazi farm. Just, like, stay away from him, which, you know, as we know from George, makes people more attractive. Yes, of course. Yes. 
Um, okay, so we head back over to the optometrist's office, and Larry again is complaining that he can never tell the difference between one and two, and he gets dilated again. And now Heidi comes in the room and is like, "What the fuck did you do? Why did you go and tell my boyfriend that I dropped?" You know, as we said, as you know, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, who like you know rats someone else out for like such a minor infraction? <laughs> so what's wrong with her? Like, there's no reason to have this like interaction with Larry at this point. What 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 is her goal on this scene? I mean, sometimes you just want to yell at someone who yeah. wants to get something it. stupid to you and fucked up I, your life. I feel like I'm always telling my wife, like, if it's not gonna like, if it's not gonna like directly benefit you, don't start fights. Like, unless yeah. if, if there's something you need, like financial or otherwise, fine. But like, yeah, don't, don't do it just to feel better because you end up feeling worse. Yeah. So, so not everybody is so, so cool when you. No, when you yelled at the man about about flicking a cigarette into your uh, right. at your yeah. baby, what would you rather? What were you about to call? Uh, like call? Uh, like fair. What were you fixing there? Fair yeah. caught. Just, okay. And, then, and my- then you get the and then all of a sudden the coffee gets thrown and you're telling your wife and she's like, "It's your fault." You're like, "How yeah. is it my fault?" Yeah, because right. because yeah, you, right. you didn't take your own advice. Yeah, true. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm like Larry. I'm anti-littering. You throw a cigarette down, you right. pick it up. Especially if you throw it on my baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, "Don't throw it on my baby, jerk." <laughs> Yeah, she's like, dude, like I was dating the mattress king of Los Angeles. <laughs> he has a new chain of boutique hotels that are just getting off the ground. Okay. And everything was great. Yeah. And you, you like, go in, like root blow, you blow up my life. Yeah. If you're as obnoxious as this woman, though, I don't know how she hit it that long, honestly. Yeah, that's probably true. That's true. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Beautiful Maybe women have a like absurdity. Mm. brought it out of her you know like she just felt like this conversation really can't be happening about this yeah. one damn thing and so yeah she became a jerk but i think she honestly think it was valid the reaction because it's like are you really talking to me about a piece of something that i don't even remember from days ago yeah like did you hear it through the grapevine you know like come on so yeah yeah I mean, but, but we it. find out she she really is a, a very entitled person though in this yeah, although, very also, yeah, yeah very she's pretty bad figure that out. i go yeah. the other direction as well like if Freddie Funkhauser is the type of thing that is like, this is like so unsettling to him and bringing this up with her, like how have they gotten this far into a relationship yeah. without something else like yeah. really frivolous, not have ruining it. Like this is an insane thing to like bring up as like, oh, this has really been bothering me for the last two days. That yeah. Somebody <laughs> saw you like litter a small, tiny piece of food in your right. own office. Yeah, but this goes back to what I said at the top. Like I, it, it, it makes sense. If if Freddie is so close with Larry and they've had a relationship for years and years, but when he's a guy who just showed up two years ago out of nowhere, it's a little bit harder to believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's but yeah, I, I still think my larger point is just like yeah. it's, like, it's such a stupid thing. Yeah. Know? Oh, for sure. Yes. Like the offense, the initial offense should have been worse for this uh, this storyline to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we um, we uh, head out with Larry. He's in the car and he obviously did not wait enough time from being dilated because he can't see anything. Yeah. Why is he driving? I yeah. thought like, it's, yeah. it's the one rule of the one rule yeah. is you will not be able to drive after this. And he just goes and gets in the car. Why? Don't yeah, they like is- ask for proof that you have somebody to pick you up or something or. Yeah, they don't ask for proof. They just ask you. They assume most people are in lying sacks and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and aren't going to risk their lives like. Yeah, like, um, this is a question. When you, this is when you ask, what are you going to gain from this? What? Why drive driving completely blind? Like, what are you going to gain from this? Why are yeah. you doing this? What? No one could come pick him up. <laughs> yeah. And this is Leon this just is, at home eating watermelon. He could come. Yeah. Where's yeah. Leon? <laughs> and this is absolutely where I thought for sure he's getting to an accident with a black woman. She's going to come. She's going to see the robe in his car. Yes. Like, yeah. Again, uh, it's misdirection because that's what we're expecting. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, so they got into a fender better. He's so apologetic. He's like, oh, it's not always completely my fault. I just got my eyes dilated. She's like, you're not supposed to drive, you idiots. Uh, like he's everyone. Like, he's like, nevertheless, um, yeah. I'm completely, you know, I'm very sorry. Uh, yeah, hold on, we got to give Chappelle just a very quick background. So in the first episode of the season, Leon dumped his girlfriend, oh. whose name was Mary Ferguson, and he had already bought her plane tickets, the name of which cannot be changed, apparently, to, to have a trip through Asia. So he's been looking all season for another girl named Mary Ferguson to take on him with his trip to Asia. He found a second girl, but then Larry uh, got her dog injured, so he lost her. So that's why Larry's excited that her name is Mary Ferguson, just so you yeah. got that. That was in my notes. Why yeah. are there so many Mary Ferguson? <laughs> Mary Ferguson? Question mark. Yes. I mean, if this is the only episode you've seen, yeah, you have a lot of questions, and that's definitely yeah. one of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Larry's ecstatic, and she's you know she comes on over. She's ecstatic. She's like, you know, I've been like dreaming about going to Asia, um, <laughs> and he's like, oh well, you know, go. Let's let's uh, let's meet Leon. Leon. He's a unique guy. You're going to love him. <laughs> um, and they walk in and Leon and SWAT, who we've seen before. Uh, yeah. A few episodes. This is fourth um, episode. They're just uh, they're sitting at the, at the table, chowing down on some watermelon. And she just looks at them, is, you know, humiliated for them and walks out and it's over. All right. So, again, here, massive to see my first watch and my second watch. And I want to get your take on it, Chappelle. My first watch, my notes are, why does Mary Ferguson leave? Why is she judging them for eating watermelon? Is it possible that in an episode with a Klansman, she's the most racist person in the episode? <laughs> now, let's get to my second watch. I had a very different perspective. I wrote, is it possible that Mary Ferguson 3 walks in and thinks this is like a get-out situation? Some old rich white man collecting black people and tricking them into committing racial stereotypes for his amusement. And then I was trying to imagine, like, if I was Mary Ferguson. So, like, my car gets hit. The person on the other side happens to be like a rich and famous Gentile who I'm not really that familiar with, but I know that they're rich or whatever. And, and they say, hey, want to come over my house and, you know, we'll watch a Vikings game together or something. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll come over to this rich guy's house. You know, what's the, I might get some free stuff out of it, whatever. And then I walk into the house and I see like two other like stereotypical Jews doing something very stereotypically like counting money or something and screaming, oy vey. like, I think I might bail at that moment. So the first time I watch it, I don't know what the hell she's doing. The second time, I'm like, oh, I understand why she got the hell out of there. So what's your take, Chappelle? Oh, no, it's that second one for sure. It's okay. definitely walking. You're like, y'all doing something that just we wouldn't be doing in public already. And y'all are doing it in bulk. And now now I'm a part of y'all. And I don't like that. So, okay. yeah, that's where you have to kind of back out slowly. Um, I've been in situations like that before, too, where you see people doing something and you're just like, you know, that doesn't look great coming from us as black people. We probably won't do that. And then if I notice that they're not picking up the hint, I'm just going to I'm just going to go, mm. you know, like uh, y'all not going to make me look bad with you. And so I just can imagine her sitting down to have a piece of watermelon and then uh, like Larry David just like takes a picture of them. And then <laughs> yeah. that's it. You know, like, no, it like, does seem like, yeah, I, yeah. But it's so weird to me that like on the first watch, that didn't enter my head at all. Maybe that's my white privilege. I don't know. I like I totally saw it as like she was the bad guy. Like she's judging them for eating watermelon as if they're doing something wrong. So, you know, well, she's judging them for eating watermelon for a white man and, yeah. and together <laughs> and in bulk. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. But it wasn't that she was like, oh, yeah, y'all shouldn't be eating watermelon. It's yeah. like, what are y'all making a here? mockery of what? Yeah. yeah. It's like the, the, the little kid in the, in the, in the monkey shirt is like, kid. Where's your mom? Does she not know that y'all we're not supposed to do this? So that's one of those moments. Mm. 
You mentioned a little kid. This is the second time we've had we had a, a little kid who had a sewing kit in curb and sewed a swastika where he wasn't supposed to. And now, of course, we have Susie sewing a Jewish star uh, on a swa- on a Nazi <laughs> garb. So like, we go full circle here with sewing on curb. We like that. I mean, Av, what was your take on the scene with Mary Ferguson as she walked in? So I, I, I wasn't sure. Um, like I knew, obviously, they were, you know, they were playing up the watermelon routine, but I wasn't sure if there was also like a like a masculine component to it also, where it was like specifically like a black woman wouldn't want to see a black man. I, like, I wasn't sure if that was part of it as well, but it sounds like it's not. I mean, it could have looked like a watermelon date. Like she walked in and saw these two men like staring at each other, eating watermelon. She probably thought like, oh, maybe that doesn't make her the most comfortable. Uh, I think it's actually left up to interpretation. Uh, I really hope it's not the last one. <laughs> and she walks in and she's like, ew, black man eating watermelon. <laughs> but I think it's more, you know, more like, uh, what are y'all doing? Like, this is it's kind of tacky. Um, but and also because Leon, when she walks in, he says, sit down and have some of this sweet meat. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. Yeah. No, he says that to Larry after or does SWAT say that even one of them yeah, says it but yeah. it's after she leaves. I think. Yeah. Sit down and get some of this. sweet yeah. meat. I'm like, All right. This, yeah. this is good. Yeah. I will say um, watermelon has one of the biggest ranges of fruits. Like good watermelon is like 100, but bad watermelon like is very bad when it's white and not red and not sweet. It's, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but that's pretty rare. It's got a wider range than the average fruit. Also, remember when there used to be seeds in watermelon and they're just like, nah, we're not doing that anymore. That was amazing. Wait, didn't Jerry say a whole bit about this? Yeah, that they that they solved that oh. not cancer. Oh, so now. Yeah. So now it doesn't work anymore because our kids wouldn't know what they're talking about, like seeds. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, there used to be I don't know, Chappelle, how old you are. Did you yeah. grow up with uh, watermelon with seeds in it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah, it was yeah, it was actually not enjoyable to eat because there was so much spitting involved. Yeah. yeah it was now like you get like two seeds at the most in like a slice. It was oh, the yeah. most difficult thing about watermelon. Yeah. Like yeah. You're eating it. But half the battle is like trying not to like swallow the seeds. Uh, but yeah. And so and then it, it, it was it felt great when you come across a place where they had like diced watermelon. So it didn't have any seeds. You're like, oh, look, right. a treat. A seedless watermelon. You don't see that every day. Now we literally see them every day. Yeah, yeah. you just get the delicious meat without disgusting just, seed in the yeah. middle of it. We still have we still have cancer though. So yeah, the scientists yeah. really still, focus on yeah. that. Yeah, although we're not we're doing better with cancer. Yeah, certainly well, we, since that bit. Yeah, but I feel like we've we've progressed on watermelon more than cancer, or maybe yeah, just oh, we well, we've, we've we've solved watermelon. Watermelon yes. is that isn't it? You know, premium form. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now, the other way we could solve watermelon is that when you cut it, especially a juicy one, that you don't make such a mess. Yeah, uh, half, half the battle is like not being covered in watermelon juice. Yeah, or that's why you got to eat it at like, at like a barbecue. It's got to be an outside food because when you eat it inside, you're making mm-hmm. a mess. Yeah, I end so, up like eating the slices leaning over the sink. <laughs> yeah, so we uh, we head on over to the clan rally. It's the uh, you know, it's the big day mm. and we see a bunch of clan members. They're marching and they're chanting. You will not replace us. And Klansman Joe, he's in a hurry. He's running through the streets. Uh, he hasn't even had a chance to look at it. Like he, Susie pulled on him what uh, Larry tried to pull on the dry cleaner earlier, give yeah. him the robe. But somehow he hasn't looked at it before putting it on. He's in such a rush. And he joins in. He starts chanting and marching with them, not realizing that Susie has embroidered a giant uh, Magain David or Star of David on the back of his robe. And some people were like, hey, this Klansman's a Jew. And they start beating the shit out of him. And uh, he gets his comeuppance. Now, I'm thinking about it more. Certainly, Susie's main target was not the Klansman. It was Larry because she had to assume that Larry would give it to her, to the Klansman. The Klansman say, oh, look at this. It's so nice. Unfold it. Look at it. Although, what would Susie have done if Larry had done that in front of her? She, right. He would have said very funny and given it back to her and taken. Right. 
everyone is is uh, counting on everybody else being not competent and basically. not diligent. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I mean, but listen, it's probably fine. It's probably fine. Like I know why she would give the, the the you know put the star on there if she assumes the the Nazi's gonna get it, but I don't think that she thinks this is gonna bounce back on Larry when she does yeah. it. Well, no, I think oh, she yeah. I think she thinks I'm gonna give it to Larry. He's gonna give it to the Klansman. The Klansman's gonna be all excited. He's gonna open up in front of him. He's gonna see the star and he's gonna beat the shit out of Larry. And then Larry David oh, will get beaten I, up for hanging out with the Klansman, which is what I want. Does she want him beat up? I don't oh yeah, she hates him. She, she, doesn't get, oh, okay. she, she doesn't want him to get attacked by this clansman. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I think she wants like, him to suffer the consequences that, of befriending a Nazi. I think you she think wants. That, okay. You think that you Susie wants Larry to, hate David to be the victim of a hate right. crime. <laughs> I mean, they, they hate each other. That's pretty right. I mean, she's been wanting him. Bad things happen to him since day one. She wanted him to get divorced. She wanted him to lose all his money. She wants him to fail I'm professionally. Sorry. No, she's targeting the clansman. Like, Susie Green is not setting in motion a series of events that she believes will result like in Larry being the victim of a hate crime. But Larry will. But hold on. But that is what happens because Joe comes to Larry's address to, to kill him, to hurt him. That's not uh, what she yeah, wants. Yeah, that is she what wants. happened, but that could have been the goal. <laughs> no, I think I disagree. I need to hear from, from listeners. You're I think a, that Susie's goal... Take is, your take is insane. I don't think... Susie's not sure which one of them is going to get screwed, but the primary target is Larry more than the No, Klansman. she wants the Klansman yeah. to get screwed. She wants what yeah, happens she, to happen. Just yeah, like Larry David to get his ass kicked but, by a bunch but, of Klansmen. Hold on, but, so but, 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 but what happens ends with with Larry getting his ass kicked? Because then the Klansman gets his ass kicked, then he comes to Larry's house and kicks Larry's ass. No or kills Larry. Larry. He's he's in fact, the in fact, hold on a second. It's worse for Larry now because if Larry had only given a white robe to a Klansman, that Klansman might be pissed off. But Larry now caused that Klansman to have the shit beaten out of him by other Klansmen. So now their Klansmen's even matter. <laughs> so I, if if anything, if your argument oh. is she wanted what happened to happen, she wants she doesn't just want Larry to get punched. She wants Larry to get murdered. No, so I think she doesn't, want, she doesn't want anything bad to happen to Larry. She doesn't want Larry so, to get how, beaten. How, so she thinks that the Klansman who gets tricked into wearing a Jewish yes. robe by Larry David Correct. with a Jewish star David will not retaliate. Correct. That's what. Yeah, he, uh, because he's or, a nice or, Klansman, or, or he won't or, look at it. Like or, or Larry will give him the robe, turn around, and walk away. Yeah, no, no, that is what happens. But then he, Joe will come find him. By the way, how or, does Joe get Larry's address? Oh, or he won't be able to Larry's find him. Larry's been his house. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, they, he shouldn't be able no. to find him. Your I think is, they bonded too quickly. Yeah. Your take is insane. Your take is insane. I, I, think, I, think, I think I'm right. for the. You're not acknowledging what I just said. Like, I either, think it's worth the conversation. Yeah. But here's the question. All right. So let's get to I the think, last scene. I think, I think you're you're being too rational about what. But, but let's get to the last scene. So Joe gets Larry's address, shows up. Larry, instead of, you know, staying locked in the house and calling the police, decides I'll go out on the porch that faces the guy who I know has a gun who announced that he's here to hurt me. And then I'll start blowing the chauffeur. You know, I'm not really sure what's uh, what, what's with the with, and I get it. It's a joke and we're wrapping up the episode, but that is really makes sense to me. And then again, yeah, my question so, is, like, will we ever see or hear of Joe ever again? Because like the way it works, no, oh, maybe. But no, like he might he might swing back later in real life. I don't think the Klansman who wanted to hurt you is going to stop because you blew a chauffeur. Well, it's the point is that like the whole neighborhood now is alerted. Like everyone yeah. turns on their lights. Yeah, they'll find so, Larry somewhere so else. So he'll probably run, he'll probably run away. Yeah. Whatever it, it is, it's like for a, now. A, an odd choice, though. Like I mean, yeah. somebody's trying to kill you, and you're like, I wake up the entire neighborhood. Like just call the police. Yeah. 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 And this time he does do a perfect uh, chauffeur blow. Yeah. Oh, absolutely beautiful. He could do that in synagogue. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our episode, right? It is. Mm. Well, I don't know how I feel.
official any of these rankings really are. All right, uh, why don't you go first? Tell us, uh, how do you rate this episode? It's interesting. This episode is, you know, it definitely struck me in a lot of ways, and I would definitely love to hear... Um, more from both of you like i think you know he's spoken like a lot of granularly but like i would it'd be interesting to hear some just like big picture thoughts i think both like there's two different components to this episode to me there's um how funny was it there was like how ambitious was it and then how well did it execute its ambition um and i would say the the, there was one storyline that just like completely didn't work for me and that was the uh kaylee cuoco optometrist storyline i just thought that was like just like so silly didn't make any sense no one behaved rationally like as you know we kept saying like little tiny thing um and then you know the the whole clansman thing obviously was just like very bold and like they just like kept being like wow they're going there and there was like something um about the way that they like walked that tightrope that was like cringe but also interesting and like i know that it landed everything that everything worked well but like i like them taking chances like this and then as it comes to the watermelon thing i thought that was really funny and like i don't think i even understood um all the levels of it um until this podcast and now i you know that makes it even more interesting for me um so it's like it's kind of a mixed bag so i kind of come out as um i'm gonna give this like an above average pretty 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 good three and a half uh, because I think it was, you know, certainly lacking, but like it was a very memorable episode of Kirby Enthusiasm. Um, and I think it's one that's going to, you know, spur a lot of discussion. Um, I don't think it was always as funny as the funniest Kirby episodes, but I thought it did a lot that I liked. What about you, Chappelle? From one to five pretties, how do you rate this? Well, I've never seen a five pretty, so I don't know, like, <laughs> what, you know, what I'm what I'm grading it against. So I don't want to say like this is like a four or something. You're like, really a four? Like we we <laughs> made this other episode of four, so I'm like, it's whatever you gonna just. I'm just gonna mock the three and a half pretties, you know, because okay. I, I right. feel like I feel like that's my easy way out. But also, I agreed with a lot that I was saying. Um, I thought it was very funny, so I'm like, if there's funnier episodes, you gotta send them my way, and I'll go check them out because I thought this episode was pretty good. Pretty, right, you pretty, give it more than three and a half if you want. But uh, yeah, maybe yeah. three and three, 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 three and a half. Okay, so five. three and a half from each of you. I'll say this: like this episode, as you both said, like it takes huge swings. Um, I, you know, I was talking to our mutual friend Akiva a little bit, and he was saying, and I think he's right. Like this is by far, and we haven't seen the rest of the season yet, but this is by far the most remembered episode of the season so far, for sure. And it, it will be like the one that's talked about the most. And like, but like. I think sometimes people like you can't reward something just for taking the swing. Like, like at the same time that like, you shouldn't be like, you know, quote unquote canceled for like doing certain things. You also shouldn't be quote unquote, like automatically defended and celebrated because you tried it. Like you got to succeed. And if you fail, I think you deserve to like be criticized for falling on your face. I was really negative on my first watch. I really turned around on the second watch. And I think it's some of the things I referenced. Like I didn't understand a lot of the motivations on the first watch. I didn't understand Mary Ferguson's motivation. As we said, like I didn't understand Susie's motivation agreeing to knit it. Like, although you guys disagree mm-hmm. with me on what her ultimate motivation there is, but like on the second watch, <laughs> things connected to me a lot more. And so I really, you know, I'm not going to say it's a home run, but it's a solid base hit. I really enjoyed it. And I will say, I think it's an episode that I said this at the top. It definitely merits further rewatches. I'll be interested to see how I rate this when I get to my season 11, you know, viewing uh, next spring after we finish seasons nine and 10. But for now, I will say uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Three pretties um, right in the meaty part of that curve. 51 out of 85 for me. So just a little lower than you guys. But again, I I think I may re-rate it next time. And I have no idea whether I'll go up or down. Yeah. Um, How many did you say? You said what? Three, three, three. Yeah. All right, um, I'll go first uh, with the come with guy. Oh, come on, be a come with guy. 
come with Gail, actually. Her skills as a seamstress benefit the synagogue, but not the KKK. What more can you say? Susie, committed to the synagogue, honoring the rabbi, making a beautiful parochet curtain, offers to do the same for Larry, does one better, executes the brilliant protest against bigotry, manages to get some clan members to turn on themselves. Um, also, she may be endangering Larry's life, but for Susie, that's purely a positive. Uh, she's right about Pirate's Booty being terrible. Um, she is absolutely, without a doubt, my come with gal. And I'm embarrassed to say, this is only the second time I've ever picked Susie through 85 episodes as my come with gal, and the first time since season one. Av, do you know how many times you've picked Susie? I got to guess zero. Oh, you've picked her four times. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I, I was I was thinking today um, whether or not I've ever chosen uh, Susie for the come with guy, and I guess I uh, was too lazy to check the spreadsheet mm. that we have. Yeah. Uh, because I also am choosing Susie. Susie Ooh, as the come with gal. The sweep. Um. Yeah. I mean, she's uh, as we said, she uh, she's playing chess. Um. She's thinking ahead. She's uh, sabotaging the Klansman, having him hoisted by his own petard. Uh, he'll get uh, attacked due to the very uh, Pants, yes. <laughs> he was going to return. Um, but most of all, he, she gets Larry David to go to shul. Um, so we, we appreciate, uh, you know, one for our one for our tribe. Um, she's my come with gal. All right. Chappelle, I mean, what about you? Yeah, it's unanimous. I mean, the Ooh, fact wow. that she's the only person who did anything about this Nazi, like no one is <laughs> like like the dry cleaner kind of did something. But like she's the one who went the furthest and just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna get his ass kicked. And so I appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, she definitely wins. Mm. And, yeah, and so Susie now, by the way, breaks a tie in in uh, come with gal points with Richard Lewis and Leon and moves into fourth place by herself behind Jeff yeah, the, Cheryl and Larry. The first dry cleaner is an under uh, underrated come with guy. He does pretty yeah. good, too. He, he's like he just like handles business. He's like, oh, sorry. What robe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a big surprise to me without without looking at the chart. Would you like to guess how many times Susie has been the fucking asshole? Um, three times. I would guess more. One time by you in season three, episode seven, and that's it. Never me. Interesting. Surprising. Yeah. So yeah, let's get to the fucking asshole. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. You know, listen. We have we have a Klansman in this episode, of course. I was saying there is a Nazi. Yeah. Could we we could we all uh, we all stipulate that the Klansman is a fucking asshole and then go for the second? No, I, I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. Um. Okay. Listen, we have Heidi Kaylee Cuoco's character. She's pretty bad. Um. Pretty but you know bad. what? You know who I'm voting for here? Woody Harrelson. That fucking Hollywood leftist bullshit. He's insufferable. He's a cream shamer. He has a sense of entitlement. He's a fruit waster. He's a shitter. He's a Ted Danson loyalist. He is the fucking asshole of the episode. He certainly is. I Chappelle, mean, you? Chappelle, you go next. Who do you have? I, I'm not. I, I'm looking at Larry. I mean, Larry, this Ooh. is your fault. You. I mean, you had the <laughs> chance to like waste this coffee on the Klansman and go away and just let it be, and you ruined the Klansman's day. And he can potentially <laughs> stop him from going to other Klan rallies because he had he, he won't have his robe back in time. And what do you do? You devote the next like two three days of your life trying to please this man you went to a clansman's home on purpose like <laughs> no this is not okay at all because you lied about a cow you know like uh no larry's the asshole here He's yeah asshole. Nah, i'm sorry nah, that's, that's a, those are all good points uh where, well, where are you going you well i would argue take it one step further that it's only because woody harrelson is this insane hollywood leftist that needs to be catered to that <laughs> he's the one who sets in course this series of events resulting <laughs> in the Klansman fiasco. 
Um, but um, I, I don't actually blame her for that. All kidding aside, I Woody Harrelson is the fucking asshole. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I agree with I agree with Kester. He's just completely insufferable. Um, up on his high horse, you know, he wants everybody to do his shit. He believes in his free speech, but then when somebody says, "Hey, you threw a grape on my lawn, please pick it up," he tells them to go fuck himself. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. He's an entitled bastard, um, and he's a fucking asshole. Mm. Yeah, no, he, that that he is definitely agreed there. Um, yeah, Larry, Larry's always the asshole, of course. So, like, some, so some, <laughs> something specific about the episode, which like clearly they're trying to do here. It's like very overt where they're saying, like, what if we had that where like the Nazi, the Klansman is the nice guy, and like the you know the leftist is is the fucking asshole, and the you know the Katie Cuoco, the optometrist who is like anti the hate rally, she's also like you know has this you know breakdown. Like, so like they're clearly trying to do something there. Like, do you think any like you know do you think that worked or like that aspect of the episode? Well, the Klansman's still the worst guy, though. Like, uh, like nobody's watching this episode saying, I want to be friends with the Klansman. Not but, yeah, but I see what him, you're but, saying. But they go out of his way to making him, like, a nice, affable guy who you want to, like, who, nah. you know, he was being a good yeah. buddy. Whereas, like, they're making, you know, the people on the opposite side into... Well, the, the last time we see him, he's he's coming to attempt the murder of the protagonist, or at least a uh, severe physical beating to the sure, protagonist. Sure, because he's yeah. a Klansman, mm-hmm. yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so As Chris Rock says, that tiger went tiger. That classroom went classman. Like, what yes, do you expect, I, right? <laughs> I I understand that ultimately, big picture, he's a bad yeah. guy. I know, I see what you're saying. They're clearly trying to paint him as, you know, a Larry's like, oh, he's a a nice Klansman. Like, he had a a positive interaction with him in the street. Not every Klansman is is acting like an asshole 100% of the time. Mm. Right. He got these good points. I I could see that. All right, so uh, go befriend a Klansman. Let us know how it works out. <laughs> That's what uh, Bethany Mandel said to do, right? She said to be friends with Nazis. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. We don't need to discuss her. Would you stop with the Ted dance? <laughs> Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. <laughs> much, much worse. Two star turns on this episode, of course. We have uh, Kaylee Cuoco, who's playing a character. And we have Woody Harrelson, who's playing himself. And to me, Woody Harrelson is more famous in 2021 than Ted Danson was in 2000. Three-time Oscar nominee. Interesting. I mean, yeah. I would say he was more famous when when the Ted Danson Club started. Like, I would think he was more famous in 2000 than he's really. But he's got all these Oscar nominations since then. He was on um, True Detective. Like, yeah, but like, how yeah. many people watch True Detective? I feel like people who like were alive when White Men Can't Jump was a big movie. Like. Like many more people saw White Man Can't Jump than saw. And he's like a big marijuana guy now. He lives in Hawaii. I feel, I don't know. I know. I'm I'm kind of going with Chester on this one. I think he's too far removed from White Man Can't Jump in what, 2000 or whatever. Because White Man Can't Jump is like, what, 93, 94? Yeah. So I'm saying in 2000, he was more famous than he is now. Oh, but either way, but I think he's more famous from that. I think he's more famous than Ted Danson, though. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. I think he's more famous. Yeah, yeah. He, he just like has such a unique like face and, you know, personality, personality. About yeah. Him. yeah, he's very. Memorable. What do we know about Ted Danson outside of the, he's a great TV actor? It's, yeah, and we don't know. He's a very conventional, him. like good looking male lead. Woody Harrelson yeah. has a much bigger quality to him. That's memorable. Mm. Yeah, I think Kingpin is my also his Harrelson. name is Woody Harrelson. Like that's, mm. you know, right. A he big part of it. Yeah. His name is Ted Danson, which is much more, you know, that person's <laughs> like your accountant's name could be Ted Danson. Yeah. <laughs> be a cool accountant. Is it time for the postman? Postman! Postman, uh, come here! here Tell okay. the neighborhood! What right, a Shonda, Larry! Uh, uh, Larry uh, David! Okay. Uh, you are lousy Jews! But you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! Hashem! 
You're a lousy Jew. Yes, let's head to the postman. We have some letters this week. First off from MJC, the great Michael J. Clark, who says, my favorite Curb episode in a while, possibly in my top 10. Mm. Woody was a fantastic addition. Teddy was right about you. Is Kalo Cuoco too famous to play a character on Curb? I think so. Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't even know her name. I I know I it's Kelly Coco, something like that. Like, oh, I, I say Coco, but it's probably Coco. You no, know, I have right? no idea. But the, I think the point yeah. that like, I mean, I, if you mix well, up someone's name, they're not that famous. Well, she was on the most popular show in America for many years. Now, most popular these days is like not doesn't mean what it, want, what it once did. Yeah. But more people watch that than any of the shows that you think are, you know, well known. Like they're well sure, known. But Ed Asner was the most famous. was like one of the most famous sitcom stars in America for many years in an era when way more people watched that than watch Kelly Cuoco's show, Kelly Cuoco's show. And then Asner played a character on this show. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying she can't. Yeah. Um, just I, I do think she, she she's more not more famous, famous than Vince Vaughn, right? He's a movie star. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's also like yeah. Kelly Cuoco might not be the most famous with the curb audience as compared to some of these other people. She has a, she's a famous face. You would definitely recognize her. But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if everybody necessarily, you know, if you if you haven't seen um, what's that show? Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you don't know who she is. Well, I knew her from Flight Attendant, and then I knew her from oh, right, 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 from the right. oh, she does Flight the voice. She does the voice in that show, um, the Harley Quinn show. You told me to watch also. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So I know her from a couple things. I oh guess. wow, another curb connection. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So weird. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, back to just a fun episode that I'm already looking forward to rewatching. Come with guy. I know you hate doing this, but it's Larry David. Chappelle is not gonna like this. Uh, yeah, I was like, MJC can't. This is MJC still. Like, MJC, call Chappelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me up. We gotta talk about this. <laughs> he says he agrees to golf, goes to Temple, helps Leon get over his watermelon issues. All the Michigas with the Klansmen. Can I use that word? Hand <laughs> delivery of a perfect Mary Ferguson to Leon. Uh, yeah. Remember this how he drove blind. <laughs> <laughs> Point counterpoint. And le- Mike does make good points road. though. Yeah, whatever, MJC. Yeah. Larry has some good spots in this episode. And He's trying MJC, to help a friend. And MJC says, the fucking asshole is the folks with a bullet. Pick up that booty. Yeah. Five pretties. Wow. The full five. Okay. Raj Krishnan says, I give it three pretties out of five. People on social media seem to rate it as one of the best ever. But my opinion is that it's definitely oh. somewhat better than episode one and two. Wow. But nothing spectacular. I hadn't seen that. I mean, I saw I- I've tried to since- avoid it before our podcast. Yeah. I saw that House and Simmons loved it. Uh, they loved every episode of the season, haven't they? Uh, no, they they actually didn't like um, episode three, which really, was our, which which was the one that we liked the most. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, um, Chappelle, what was um, if you, if you want to if you can share what was Josh Wiggler's take that you said before that he did, like he used something specific that he didn't like about it? Oh no, he didn't say he didn't like it. He just said, because uh, I was telling him like, oh yeah, this is definitely an episode that I would want to talk about. And he was like, well, you know, as a Jewish person, it just, you know, it I didn't feel the most comfortable the whole time, you know, and I was like, probably due to, you know, the Nazi, you know, yeah. you know, the Klansman. <laughs> okay, uh, I, but, yeah. I got it. I thought there was like one, like a more like specific point you made. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, no, the whole Nazi of it all. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you got to, like, you have to take off one, like, yes, they existed and you can show them in media, but I still got to take off points for you, you know, even highlighting it. Um, yeah, so. it's interesting. Like some people, some Jewish people very reasonably have a very uh, big distaste for like, you know, Holocaust, you know, humor and that sort of stuff and i mm-hmm. am one who uh enjoys that sort of stuff um having come from a uh a family of holocaust survivors some people you know 
it's uh we find it amusing um you know these uh these types of storylines um, yeah with uh you know silly nazis um so he goes on to say um i was hoping for a more situational comedy with the cows i thought he'd get into a pickle with the cheer star Woody harrelson but that didn't happen he didn't get caught in some funny way like george costanza from classic ld times and remember like the rye on the fishing rod in fact he was more or less successful in his deception but wendy but woody just got nearly beaten up from dropping a measly grape at the kkk guy's farm yeah, that is guys, true it is impressive that larry managed to pull it over on woody the whole time until the very end yeah um he says the come with guy is larry for offering to dry clean the clansman's robe in spite of him <laughs> why being a is that a good thing <laughs> <laughs> Listen, wasn't- come with doesn't have to inherently be good, right? It's like, um, you know, tie man of the year. It's not necessarily an award. It's just the most right. significant man also, of the year. I, th- I think some people think of the come with as specifically the nature of like, you know, going along with somebody and helping yeah. somebody out mm-hmm. with their thing. Like so not somebody who would go not, along with this. Right. Yeah. It's not necessarily a moral judgment. It's like who was like the best enabler? Who like, If, was if you don't come with guy. a Nazi, you'll come with pretty much. Anyone. Yeah. Who was like the best wingman? <laughs> yeah. Is how some people think of it. L- Larry is a great Nazi wingman. Yeah. Um, for his uh, fucking asshole, he says Klansman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as, <laughs> are all, as are all KKK Klansmen. Yes. Second See, ass- that's all we're looking for. <laughs> second asshole is the dry cleaning guy who I recognize from the dry the cleaning tr- guy. Yeah, I don't know why he's an asshole. Um, third mini asshole is the optometrist was kind of an asshole. But having said that, I really got the issue with forgetting to pick up one piece of garbage or a small grape from an outdoor farm. By that standard, my mom would have quite a bit to say about me. Um, I didn't <laughs> get the whole it. watermelon joke. Why do not? Why do black people not want to eat watermelons in front of white people? OK, so we've explained that. So um, obviously that's something that something was lost on some people. Um, so I'm glad that we got to, uh, have someone explain that here. That was very, uh, beneficial. Um, okay. Next we go to Joshua Schmitz who says, hello, gentlemen. I really enjoyed this episode. I thought Kaylee Cuoco and Woody Harrelson were great for me. This episode had so many elements that I look for in a curb episode. Susie Larry seeing eye to eye, albeit briefly a storyline with a hilarious payoff at the end and some shocking events you won't see on any other show. The KKK rally, for example. <laughs> <laughs> it even had another Mary first. I, I'm always watching these shows and it's like, why are they not putting enough KKK rallies in my shows? More K- I want to see more KKK rallies in quality programming. Um, it either had it even had another Mary Ferguson come and go. Yeah. Um, at this point, I'm going to say we're gonna we're gonna I think greatly exceed the uh, over two and a half or whatever it was uh, over under on Mary's Ferguson. Um, oh, we discussed I, that last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, we're gonna get several more at this point. I yeah. Say. If you're Mary Ferguson in the LA area, you will be on curb this season. Yeah. I I will now say that we will have at least three additional more. Not at least. I'll say three. I'll say over two and a half. I'll say, well, three more Mary Ferguson's in the last six episodes. Yeah, I got to say, when I think of Mary Ferguson, I think of like a 75-year-old Scottish lady. <laughs> uh, come with guy. He says, I'm going with Larry, supporting Leon with his watermelon phobia and accompanying Jeff on the golf course with the rabbi. And the fucking asshole is Heidi for being a high and mighty optometrist who was too good to pick up that shitty pirate's movie. Rating <laughs> four pretties out of five. Next up is the great Jim Crumley, who says the watermelon was something of a bounce back episode. It was funny and cringy. The plot had holes, but there was plenty of fun. Again, the Leon plot caught the episode title with a funny bit. Four pretties out of five. Come with guy is Susie. While I was tempted by Rabbi Friedman and Chekhov's chauffeur, Susie's needle will purse her through for the win. Her uneasy alliance with Larry continues, and I am here for the wreckage that it leaves behind. Fucking asshole is the Klansman. (laughs) While he has an 
uneasy truce with Larry for much of the episode. He's still a Klansman. <laughs> Fair take. Zach Brooks writes, why is Larry so nice to the KKK guy? <laughs> this episode was more illogical than this week's succession. Would have made more sense if he knew about the cow from the beginning and the titular watermelon had nothing to do with the A-plot. Some good sign-in sheet a few weeks ago. I doctor one versus two this week. So real. Picking which one looks better is always a really hard and weighted decision. It might be low-hanging low fruit like a grape or watermelon, but still funny. <laughs> Speaking of food, I like a filter fish. Do you? Um, I think we both said that we do. Chappelle's never had of it, had it, or heard of it. Well, no, we 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 like the actual like yeah. made, yeah, not not the yes. stuff that comes out of a jar. Yes, not like the commercialized version that has like jelly. Gel, jelly. It's so yeah. gross. Yeah, that looks so gross. Yeah, yeah. D- don't buy gross. children. Don't buy the filter fish that you buy in a supermarket. If um, if if you are buying seafood that can be stored on a shelf without refrigeration, you have to wonder what they've done to it to make it in that condition. Yeah, not a terrible rule of thumb. Although <laughs> exactly. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I've eaten like smoked fish prepared that way, but. Um, yeah, not this. But the smoked uh, fish still goes in the fridge, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, the fucking hassle is the Klansman for all the reasons, but also because he didn't put a lid on his coffee cup and then blamed Larry. Oh, that's what you said as well. Um, and he gives the episode two pretties for incoherence. And finally, as always, we end with Olin Allen, who says, now we are hitting our stride. Another fun, delightful episode. My favorite part was probably when I had the quick double F of Larry's delivery of how the fuck did he make that putt? Cutting straight to Leon wonderfully running away from the kitchen press as Larry enters. So hilarious and so exactly like someone would do when being caught red-handed. Again, there was plenty packed into this episode, but apart from the watermelon segment that stood largely alone, all the other plot traits blended in seamlessly. Seemed like an episode that could have been happily stretched out for even longer. Personally, I'm not overly keen on watermelons. I mean, I like drinking fruit-flavored water, but eating watery fruits just seems wrong. Happy to eat some of the outer rind, but that often seems sneered upon. Yeah, no, this is a horrible take. <laughs> you, you prefer the, the rind of a watermelon to watermelon? That's yeah, that's craziness. Thing. Now, I eat mango peels, and I think they're very good, but the rind of mango, no, that's wrong. That's objectively yeah. wrong. Yeah, I mean, Owen is famously by ops, but I, I think I'm being objective here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just thought I could have added an extra uh, punchline to the ending, the best one of the season so far, when the chauffeur is being blown and the camera zooms out as light starts to be turned on in the neighborhood. Mm. Could have been, oh, could have been what had in one of the nearby gardens, close but not right next door, have a couple of cows moving out in the amongst the commotion. Maybe with a quick cut to Larry trying to listen where it was from with a mild truck. There's no cows living in Larry's neighborhood, though, Owen. I don't know what's going on in Ireland, but. <laughs> yeah. So better, worse to unbelievable. Should they be eating watermelon as well? A safe and healthy treat for cows, unlike pirate booty, especially the rides. <laughs> Rating four and a half pretties out of wow. five. So Owen, the okay. highest out of any of us. And for the come with guy, he says the decent clansman. Comes to a reasonable arrangement over his stained garments. Invites his new Jewish pals out to his little farm where he lives a good, sustainable life and <laughs> likes to keep things nice and tidy and call out grape droppers. May say hateful things, but is happy to take them as well. A new new Jewish bad. buddies took me out. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Not bad, Olin. Uh, for the fucking house all the week, he goes with Woody Harrelson, somehow managing to not have the get off the stage music played when he is way over time on his Oscars acceptance speech, being egregiously con- confrontational over people who aren't enlightened as him over dairy sourcing and just <laughs> dropping eight grapes all over the place, which could prove lethal to any dogs roaming around or children. 
also a choking hazard yeah, for babies yeah. yeah uh by the way uh n- not not in the um postman uh, per se but uh of our mutual friend noam just texted me and i should note it's 2 14 in the morning on the east coast and oh, he texted geez, me out of nowhere completely out of nowhere he just texted me finally an amazing curb amazing so i said we're actually recording a podcast right now do you want to rank this episode from one to five he says well i'm only halfway through but i'm at a four so far larry talking to the clansman quoting fiddler on the roof why did they make these white oh yeah you're always in the field with the burning in the ashes i'm dying so yeah no i'm such a fan that he texts me out of nowhere at 2 15 in the morning and i guess he knows i'm always awake but uh yeah um Oh, that was right. That was funny when they're like, um, if you made the black, they would you wouldn't be able to see them in the dark. So they wouldn't be as scary. Yeah. <laughs> they might be more scary. I don't know. Um, all right. So what what what's our uh, overall episode ranking? Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh man. I did not realize how late it is. Mm. All right. So we got a bunch of scars from the audience that average out to a 3.64. Uh, making it the 32nd ranked audience episode. We then got a three from Alex, a 3.5 from me. And then Chappelle, did you say 3.5 or 3.75? You wanted me to put it. I switched it to 3.75 when I felt a little bit more comfortable about going up. Okay. Okay. So that averages it out to a total. Wait, did you include uh, uh, Noam's four and AB's three in the listeners? (laughs) Um. Well, no, I didn't even finish the episode. We're not including it in this. Okay. Movie. All right. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, that comes out to a 3.47, which is the 37th episode overall out of 85 that yeah, we've seen so fine. far. Um, so, it's like a little bit above average. I think that's right. I, you know, I think that's kind of where most of us fell out is like that this episode like could have been a legendary episode if it like did a few things a little bit better. If I think if it like landed a few things better, uh, maybe handled some of the things a little bit more tactfully. Incoherence. I think the watermelon and the Klansman stories have to tie in together somehow, as Chappelle mm-hmm. pointed out. Yeah. Although I guess maybe that was the, you know, that was the misdirect. That's what they thought yeah. was, you thought was going to happen is you know, they're making it so true. obvious. Like you have yeah. the Klansman story and, you know, the black stereotype story. Um, and then, you know, I guess to keep them apart is the twist, but you know, mm. whatever. So, yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I think we all kind of came out in a similar place. So that's, uh, you know, that's good. Okay. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. All right. Well, next week, why don't we quickly watch our trailer for ne- next week's episode, which is called, I'm going to mispronounce this, Irasamasi. It's I R A S S H A I M A S E, exclamation point, all caps. And we know our friend uh, Dana, who played Mr. Takahashi, a former guest of the podcast. Uh, he will be on this episode because he told us this uh, when he was on uh, last year or whatever it was. Um, and so yeah. he's a, he's in the, he's in he's on IMDb as well. So, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And I think yeah. and I think the title of this episode, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's a Japanese word. I, yeah. I recall we looked it up last time. Yeah. So, yeah, let's. Uh, so, yeah, we assume that he will play a role in the uh, he will be the titular. Well, maybe he'll scream that out. I don't know. It's got an exclamation point. It's all caps. Let's watch this uh, 34 second trailer teaser and see if we can get any info. I feel it's only fair to warn you that this path you're on is quite treacherous and can lead to unforeseen consequences. Hey, it's me. Where are you? There's traffic. I can't sit in traffic. I'm, I'm too smart. You have to have done something stupid to be in traffic. I think I'm just going to turn around and go home. What? How's your dad? Not great. I want you to pray for him, huh? Uh, I'll feel like an idiot. Are you kidding me? How do you know prayers don't work? Because I'm bald. All right, 
So we are we didn't see any Mr. Takahashi there, but we see Susie and Larry are against each other again, which you know makes sense since uh how Susie tried to scoop over this salty. episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess you can try to have him massage. She almost tried to have him like uh, assassinated. Yeah. <laughs> so, and um, we are going to, we get a little bit more. Uh, well, we were going in a lot of directions next episode, but I'm, I got to say, I'm very excited from that trailer to see uh, next week's episode, even if I don't know how to pronounce it yet. Yeah. I wonder who's in the box. Mm, yes. All right. Well, uh, Chappelle, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this Chappelle, was a long el- one and a late one. What, a, what else? What do you, you have going on these days? Yeah. Oh, you know me. I got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank y'all for having me. I, I, I this was a blast. Like, I, I like when y'all pick an episode and tell me to watch it because I'm like, okay, I know it's good. Like, don't have me go back and watch all the episodes of everything. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm gonna navigate the Seinfeld thing. Luckily, Chester uh, gave me a, a Excel sheet, so I think I should uh, be able to pick and choose the good ones. Um, but when I'm not binging all of that. Um, I have several different podcasts that I'm on currently um, on Rob has a podcast. I'm uh, Rob and I are doing nothing but Netflix where every week we talk about, you know, a different um, hit Netflix show or something trending. Um, you know, maybe just something popular. Like we talked about Seinfeld. So that was, that was something. Um, but um, it's a uh, red notice this week. So we had Puya on as our guest and we talked about, this is apparently the biggest Netflix movie of all time. Like the most expensive thing, that they've ever done on Netflix is Red Notice. Um, and so we talked about that. It's a wacky uh, movie. And I, the cast, I guess I it's like a, it's it. Like a, it's like a great cast, right? Like very star-studded. Yeah, right? well, it's Gal Gadot, The Rock, and Ryan Reynolds. And so yeah, if you okay. would have found the biggest three superstars they could find and put them in a movie together and just let, let, let the script write itself. Um, so that was fun. We talked about that on that podcast. Um, I also joined Puya on his podcast for 90 Day Fiance, The Other, uh, other Way. It shows insane. And so anytime I'm asked to talk about it, I'm like, cool, let's do it. Um, so check that out on the Rob has a podcast network as well. On post show recaps, I am talking about the walking dead, fear the walking dead and walking dead, the world beyond, which is basically me. And I'm just going to be talking about the walking dead until I die and become a zombie myself. <laughs> um, and so it will never end. It literally will never end. And so that's what me, AJ Mass, Josh Wiggler and um, Jessica Lease every week. Um, also on post show recaps, I'm talking about insecure from HBO um and so latanya starks myself and mari fourth are doing that recap uh for this final season we had a guest on this week asia welsh in, in place of latanya so it was a good time and then uh the last netflix show that i'm talking about is never have i ever on netflix and i do that on silent podcast with my co-host sasha joseph and so uh, we talk about that show um we're at the end of season two and so we're gonna finish this off this month probably and then take a big old break so i can get some rest um but again thank y'all for having me no problem. Uh, Our pleasure. Never yeah, have I ever has a little bit of a shared universe with Curb. John McEnroe play, has a cameo in Curb. Oh, yeah. And John McEnroe is basically like the main character in, in uh, <laughs> Never Have I Ever. So, it's, it's yeah, it's a fun watch. But people can follow me on uh, Twitter to keep up with all the podcasts and shenanigans that I'm doing. Uh, my Twitter is at Chappelle's underscore show. Um, so you check me out on there and if you can keep up with uh, all of my bad television takes. <laughs> All right. So we'll be sure to check that out. It was so great having you here. This was so fun. Um, I, we went a little long. Apologies to the people that like a short podcast. You can listen mm. to half, uh, but listen to the whole thing. Yeah. You know, we, we cover a lot of stuff. A lot of good stuff in there. Um, if you like to the short podcast, that, so. yeah, probably aren't listening to this part. Yeah, anyway. But yeah, apologies. Um, I, I so did yeah. Google it. Iras Hamasi. It says within minutes of entering Japan, virtually all tourists will encounter the phrase. It means welcome to the store or come on in. So it's, I guess, something people say to you as you enter yeah. their store. They drop you the walk guys. past their store. 
So next week, in addition to uh, being entertained, we might get some uh, cultural education. And if that happens, I think it'll be pretty, 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 pretty good. Get a life, Jews.